listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Podcasting to you from the town of Edmond, Oklahoma, where I am not happy that Charles is in charge. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm glad it's not a video podcast. I'm Andrew Hoffman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I forgot to mention, we're going live. We're doing this live. We're doing a video podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, well. there's going to be a room full of people talking to us. They're going to call in with questions, video questions, Skype questions, that is. so You'd see a Media Monarchy t-shirt and a very red eye there. So. <laughs> Good for you, sporting the Media Monarchy today. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess I'm slacking. i got to get my, myself a Media Monarchy shirt. You got a Corbett Report shirt and a Media Monarchy shirt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is a thing I should do. Organic cotton, high quality material. Awesome, that's sweet, man. Good job. Well, it's uh, starting to feel like fall, but people are like super excited, like oh, fall's coming. But it's like it was ninety degrees today, ninety four degrees. It's like calm down. Yeah, it's with so the- it's been so nice though. Yeah, yeah. It, w- it hasn't been hot exactly. No, it's been perfect out there so good golf uh, weather good golf weather yeah it's been been real nice for that i haven't gotten out you know still just never ending rounds of sickness around the hoffman house but uh yeah can't complain about the weather that's for sure yeah yeah and this is our our first fall in oklahoma so it's nice yeah so far so good right we went to the founders day thing in piedmont which was kind of eh, not my favorite piedmont event okay if you like uh i don't know like buying expensive crafts and things that people made it's a good place 
And you get like a little dose of like food truck food before the state fair, so you know, like a a warm up. No, nothing, nothing quite like funnel cake to make you question all of your life decisions. <laughs> I had a pulled pork sandwich, which oh, which was good. That was a win. That was a win yeah. right there. And a slice of peach pie. Oof. Which. Yeah, sounds really good, but uh, I'm kind of spoiled. My wife makes a, a mean pie, and this was not up to the same standards. But yeah, yeah. It was still, it was okay. I think that's one thing that we can agree on in this podcast. Pie, better than cake. Oh, yeah. 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 Not even close. No. I think and we've, we've talked about it before, but I, I don't mind bringing it up again. We had the rare wedding where there was no wedding cake. No wedding cake with the fake bride and groom on the top or whatever. We're like, we want people to be enjoying what they're eating. Pie. Bunch bunch of pies. 20 pies. Pies. Throw pies at them. Awesome. That's that's the way to do it, man. Who wants white on white pie? Or white on white cake? Come on. Get out of here. Especially when you're living in the Northwest. You're in a place where there's berries growing wild everywhere. Like, what are you you doing with a cake? Blackberry pie. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's blackberry pie. There's a... there was some uh, strawberry rhubarb pie. It was, hmm? It's a good pie. Yeah. I'll wrap it for this podcast. I got to get out to the kitchen and see if I can rip up some pie. I'll yeah, just... I mean, you can't start that now. The, you know, I'll be hungry before we're before we're going. <laughs> well, we did get a we did get some feedback that the preambles are good. Yes, thank you for <laughs> for that one. So. Uh, from Caroline, who we'll hear from in the donation segment too, but she said she she loves the preambles and it reminds her of uh, when she was younger. She's a farmer's daughter, and how the how her dad and other farmers would start a phone conversation. They would always, you know, just talk about the weather for a little bit, talk about small talk before they they got on to business so that's that was nice feedback so absolutely if you if you hate the preambles just know that you could just fast forward a little bit there there you go yeah fair enough the uh preamble to uh our show very similar to the preamble of farmers uh you know that we get down to business later uh, much less useful though. Can't eat the podcast. Definitely can't eat yeah. the podcast. No, no, I'm not not saying we're on the same level as farmers, but I I did mention to to Caroline there that if there's a connection between beef ranchers and bitcoiners, maybe there's a connection between podcasters and farmers. So oh, I like oh. it. Well, we do have. I mean, we are basically at this point sponsored by. A couple people, and yeah, we do, we do one of them, farmers, one of them being a farmer. So, yeah. two actually, yeah. two of them being farmers. The the couple, the donors. So, uh, I didn't hear from them on whether or not we should be ordering meat through their website. I guess I'll have to reach back out to them. All right. Well, I've got a a bunch of clips. Should we knock out some some short ones? Yeah, let's knock out some short ones. Let's do it. All right. Do you have it organized by? date like them that might be easier uh let me see here let me get in there i am in here 
Opponent by date. Hmm. I've got an update from uh, the insane horse-faced New Zealand woman. Ah. Okay. Play play that one. So. (laughs) You calling it? I don't know We've if we heard should... from her. This is the, the third of a trilogy of these clips, I think. So we shouldn't be uh, going after the uh, the looks of people like this. Well, I, I didn't say horses were ugly. I just said she has a horse face <laughs> and is insane. Is it? Is it a? Is it just in one side? Let me see. Starts with insane. No, I got that. I got that. I'm, okay. I can play the clip, but I'm just saying. I was w- curious if it. Uh, so, she, if it's a they, stereo clip, because it sounds like it's mono, just on the left side. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. Let me let me I play it real not. quick. Yeah. People use masks with their. Oh own yeah, it sounds like it's just on one side. Yeah, that's all right. We could we could push through. Uh, it might fix in post, but probably not. Let's give it a whirl anyway. It's only. 13 seconds so all right people will use masks for their own individual reasons they may personally be vulnerable they may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for they may not have had COVID-19 we all just need to respect everyone's individual decisions oh we got to respect their individual decisions so when she's getting trounced in the polls uh, all of a sudden, it's oh, we you know we're lifting the COVID restrictions. Wear a mask if you want to, you know, and respect everyone's individual decisions. Where's that been for the last two years? I mean, it's like uh, talk about gaslighting to like an extreme degree. She wrote a book, How to Care as a Leader, or something like this. Do you hear? Do you yeah. see this books? And and by care, she means lock everyone down right zuby posted a picture of him. he's like is this satire it's like it's how to care well the uh uh her w you know world economic forum fellow alumni there justin trudeau also is uh speaking the science he's he's you know we we talked about how he ran that election through so that he could get away with anything because he's, you know, doesn't have to call for an election for a while. Uh, Funny you should say that. I spoke yeah. to my cousin this week who was telling me that it, it may be 2024 or 2025 until they have another one. I mean, it's insane right. how much yeah. how far out it is. That's why he that's why he ran it through when he did. Also, uh, on, a, on a personal note... Um, yeah, I I can't. <laughs> my, you know, I'll just I guess just like I'll just say it. Sometimes that I try to keep stuff out of like pu- like private stuff out of the sh- the show or whatever. But there's nothing that private about what I'm about to say. My grandmother is going to die very soon, and, and she's in Canada. She is in Canada. That's correct. And sh- so uh, I went over to my mother's house and. We chatted and you know, cried tears and made plans for the future and what are we going to do? And lo and behold, I can't go to support my mom to help with the end of life situation for my grandmother because I'm not vaccinated. Yep. So this thing's finally come home to me. I got online. I did a little research. So I'm like, you got to be able to push through because most of these things they tell you you can't do it, but then there's like some like red tape you have to get through, and you can. 
So I, I did all that and I filled out the form. I said, here's, you know, here's my passport. Here's my reason for going. Here's this, this, and that. Here's my vaccine status. And I, and I like push it through. And the response is that if you submit this to the committee, you will likely be approved to enter Canada. However, you will be forced to quarantine with relatives or at, at, at our hotel for 14 days. So there's no guarantee my grandmother's going to make it past 14 days. There's no guarantee that, you know, the, 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 that she would make it and the funeral would be, you know, after 14 days. I mean, I don't, I can't just not be here for my family for 14 days. Right. So my choice is pretty much to not go and see my grandmother for the last time before she passes or quarantine for 14 days and hope that she does. It just, I don't want to cry too big of a, a river for everybody. Cause I know, I mean, we got people writing in that like their livelihoods have been taken away and they've watched, you know, they weren't able to visit dying grand, you know, relatives in, 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 in the hospital, but it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And it's like, even the United States is, is letting up. Even around the world, everywhere seems to be letting, but like Canada is not letting up. Like Trudeau is just like marching on. Like they well, just, the, they're insane. They're absolutely the, insane. The U.S. is still ridiculous for non-citizens entering the country through airports. Through airports, yes. Yeah. So it's funny we bring that up. Uh, actually, I don't want to talk about that. Never mind. There's I have another family member who is also from Canada who is who is. Uh, been around the border and I don't want to get into the personal stuff there but anyway uh, yeah so that's cool I can't like I can't support my mom and go see grandma pass away super cool great job Trudeau great job World Economic Forum great job everybody making this small cold like flu symptoms disease ruin yeah, people's well, lives Trudeau would like a word with you he's gonna he, yeah, he he's, come, I'd like a word with Trudeau <laughs> Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna set you straight. I'd like to see this man in you person. Su- you sound like one of his critics, and he has a few words, and and you decide if this is a threat or not. Uh, this, oh, to me, I, I'd like Justin to. I'd like to. I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet Justin in person. We can talk about his uh, his hair and his girlfriend when he was young. And Hi, I'm Bill Curry from the Globe and Mail. Uh, yesterday in your speech to caucus, you said now is not the time for politicians to exploit fears and to pit people one against the other. Uh, your critics have really jumped on that, saying that it's hypocritical on your part because some of your policies on vaccination and some of the language that you've used in recent months and including during the election campaign contributed to a lot of this uh, divisive, divisiveness that we see as a society. So how do you respond to critics saying that you know, you're being hypocritical when you say don't pit Canadians one against the other? I think it's very clear that Job one of any government is keeping Canadians safe. And those are the decisions we took during the pandemic to ensure that Canadians stayed safe. And no government is ever going to get unanimous consent on every important measure it puts forward. But we put the safety of Canadians and the economic recovery that we're experiencing right now at the center of every decision we took during the pandemic. And if it is divisive to point out that vaccines have saved millions, billions of lives, the vaccines are safe, and the best way through this pandemic, which 
We've perhaps ended the acute phase, but it will continue in various forms and we need to continue to stay vigilant. If people are calling a respect for science and an upholding and defense of facts divisive, then perhaps people need to take a careful look at those who are saying that. Next question. I can't. I cannot stand this man. Like it, it makes, especially considering what I've been gone through this last week. Yeah. It makes me he, so mad. Like a couple. I, I, I think he may notes. make me more mad than Biden. Biden okay. at least like seems somewhat evil. This is like a a very evil, but like just, he looks old all of a sudden, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Like he because he used to you know be one of the younger younger World Economic Forum world leaders. And interesting that when he said no government is ever going to get the consent of 100% of the citizens, that right there is literally the definition of a true democracy, is everyone has to agree. Hmm. But that's never used anymore. It's always majority rule, but... But if, you know, the, the same, like, oh, democracy this, democracy that. If you look at the original Greek version of a democracy, everyone has to be on the same page or you don't, or doesn't get, get passed, doesn't get passed into law. So, but, uh, yeah, it's Trudeau and the science, uh, millions, billions of people. Did you know that, Tim? Billions of lives saved by the vaccine? Saved. Sounds like Trump. Saved or no saved or created? It's like it's like, it's like Obama with his jobs. <sighs> Thank Billions you. Billions of uh, lives saved or created by the vaccine. Grandpa Moderna, Trump, and yeah, and Justin Trudeau, the drama teacher. I want to punch this man in the face. <laughs> if I can get arrested, if, 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 if I can if, get arrested for that, then you guys can arrest me. But I do if want you to punch if this you man do in the face. want to, if you want to get into Canada, you probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> You, you need to Alex Jones it say politically. I want to punch him politically. In the face. That's what I meant actually. Politically, <laughs> I would like to punch him in the face and like talk to his like politic like like verbally. I want to punch him in the face with some facts. Does that make sense? Yep. I, li- I still. <laughs> yeah, I've well, yeah, I've got I've got man, I've got the politician winners here uh pelosi applause okay going with pelosi applause pelosi applause here we go if you ever want to get into canada well there's no danger of that happening right now mr president thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger (laughs) fairer safer future for all for our children your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible i that's an applause line please clap (laughs) (laughs) that's her please clap moment yeah i you know i i don't want to brag but i merged those two clips together you're kidding me i didn't even know i didn't even know that was that was that was the Jeb Bush please clap with the with the new Nancy Pelosi. That's an applause line. Yes, please clap. So it's uh, you know it's, 
if you don't appreciate uh, the various governments, you know, the problem is with you. You're supposed to know. You're supposed to be applauding serfs. Yeah. Well, the serfs, the serfs are waking up. At least some of them, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, we might as well go straight on to uh, to Camilla. We got we've had a we've been keeping our eye on Camilla, and uh, Camilla talking about the border, sharing her wisdom on. Oh, you clipped this. <laughs> well, I've, I've got uh, the the longer one, and then a new like, yeah, a new a new evergreen clip that you can mix in with your your favorite uh, pauses there. Oh man! So play the oh, on yeah. the border first. I grabbed yeah. The, yeah, I grabbed the wrong one first. That's too short. There it is. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh come on! I had it in there and I deleted it. Do 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 do. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what. The president and I asked Congress to do is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. <laughs> I'm get, the more we do this, the better I'm getting at this formula. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Could, you want to ask me a question? Uh, Tim, Yeah. How, how's the work on the border doing? Well... Our administration, we've, we value the border. And like, like all nations, we have a border like other nation states. <laughs> and it is our intention, our good intention, to make sure that border is secure and to make sure that people are safe. And if it's and it is secure, and if it's not secure, it's Trump's fault. <laughs> you just have to. That's it's what, like you got to keep coming back to like somebody pointed this out. I don't know if it's Grand Theft World or one of the podcasts I was listening to. Maybe No Agenda, but essentially what she constantly does, and also what uh, uh, John. Oh gosh, I'm not going to say her name now. The White House press secretary. They've messed me up for that because they always say Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> but it's. Uh, Jean-Pierre. Uh, Jean-Pierre. Her and Camilla essentially just say the policy. Like, it, like they're never deterred from what the policy is. They, and it doesn't matter what question you ask well, them. the talking they, point. Yeah, they just... It, or the talking point, exactly. They, it's almost like 1984. They just give the party line. And if you ask a question, like, they'll just keep repeating the party line. Right. There's no... There's no original thought anywhere. No, anywhere and when they those. do break from the party line, you know, you get gems like, "Hey, Camilla, do you know what's what's going on with the the money mon- money supply?" 
prices have gone up. Ah, uh, that's it. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes should, sense. I'm, I'm so seeing can, that actually on the ground here. I'm seeing a lot of that. Camilla, so. what should what should we do about it? What do we need to do? Pass a bill. Oh, pass a oh. bill. That is good stuff. Holy smoke, she's on her toes today. That is not edited. That is <laughs> with actual pauses. So <laughs> at the end. <laughs> So, like, part of it is, so you say, like, facts, you say it, like, monotone. At the end, you have to sing songingly up-talk a little bit, or at this time, she's a little confused, so it was, like, a question. Pass. Yeah, so you just slow down, because you can only think of, like, three more words to say, (laughs) so you got to space them out. Pass a bill. Whoever's in charge, are they, like, sitting back, like, all right, let's put these two people out there. Just, we'll we'll tell them that these two people are in charge, and then it'll make them really mad. Like it'll it'll just make them so mad. Like nobody's gonna believe that these people are in charge. And then well, they, you know, you they know come back like half the country still thinks that those guys are in charge. Like, oh my gosh, they're so stupid. You know who's stewing on the sidelines, knowing that she could be doing such a better job? Uh, Hillary. Yikes. So, so but the you know she's talked to the pollsters. She's the like, worst. She's not going to be doing a better job. Let's see. How do we? We can't tell her that no one likes her. Let's let's just tell her that she has a difficult time connecting to young voters. How about let's phrase it like that? And voters in uh, communities of color. So how do we fix that? And Hillary's fixed it. She's got a new TV show on Apple TV that everyone's watching. I'm sure. Oh you've my seen gosh! It, right. So this is uh, this is how she uh, she gets Megan the Stallion on the show and they're painting for some reason and this is Hillary's totally natural uh, you know just very very normal very cool very hip conversation. Chelsea follows rap music she has ever since she was a little girl, but I kind of came to awareness of you with the Cardi B WAP. <laughs> so let's follow, let's follow the logic here. So it's like, well, you know, I, I can't claim to be, I can't claim to follow your whole career because I know nothing about rap music, but how exactly did you come to awareness with the Cardi B song? Was it? This makes makes no sense. And meanwhile, Chelsea is, you know, Chelsea Hubble is just not uh, not coming across as real legit into hip hop. We'll put it that way. <laughs> the personality of a wet paper towel. You're saying, yeah. She. It, it's actually so. I didn't know that the show was on Apple TV, but uh, I have an Apple TV that I. You know, you can download apps onto it, so it plays other things, right? You can play your Netflix yeah. through it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so as an ad, all of a sudden at the top, boom! It's just Hillary and Chelsea looking at me, and both me and my wife are like, "Oh, <laughs> we're like trying to find some cartoons, some Veggie Tales, or something cool to put on for the kids." And the TV turns, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> just didn't expect to be staring into the eyes of the, you know. Yeah, it's a. You know, so I'm I'm watching football, and every commercial. Oh, good for you! Did you watch some football? I did watch some football. All right, that's that's good. Did you 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 didn't watch the Monday Night Football game? I didn't. I will say that this morning I was at the gym, and the 
results of last night's game were on at the gym. Do so yourself I, a I favor. Did see that. Yeah. Do well, yourself a favor uh-huh. and look up the Geno Smith post game interview. Okay. One of the best quotes of all time. I should have clipped it. Uh, they wrote me off. I ain't right back. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yeah. So that's how do you respond to that? I don't know. <laughs> There's always more football, Tim. There's always more football. That's the great thing about America. There's always more football. <laughs> Such, so a, such a young Andrew Hoffman in that clip. There's, there's a, <laughs> a meme going around with Drake, you know, writing on a right <laughs> on a piece of paper, and the, the meme is, "They wrote me off. I ain't right back." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. You said a little more. You put a little more slang on it, and I picked it up. I would have got it from him, but read from you. It's a little dry. But yeah, yeah, I get it now. I ain't yep. right back. Yeah, yep. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Guess there's nothing you can say to that. Nope. I was happy, to be honest with you. I was, I was doing a little bit of workout this morning, and then that came on, and I looked over, and I don't know. The look on Russell's face was almost worth it. Oh, it was <laughs> it was such a rigged game. Oh, really? Like, you would not believe the penalties, the amount of penalties they had to call on the Broncos to keep that thing close. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's the darling. And Seattle's always been the outlier. I know that that's hard for people to believe since they were or have been somewhat good and all the Microsofts and whatever have been there, but they always have been an outlier in the NFL. It's just the way it is. So I'm glad to see the Seahawks won. But again, you know, when they when they uh, told me I needed to be vaccinated and wear a mask to attend their outdoor games, I was kind of done with the Hawks for a bit, you know? Yep. Even, yeah. even, well, P, even P. Carroll's 9-11 trutherism couldn't save me then. <laughs> Uh, he's still bouncing around out there, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because it's like, well, are you, you going to root, root for Russell Wilson and his NBC get vaccinated special and having his kids get vaccinated at the White House? And uh, I don't know. It's like, well, I'll tell you one thing, sir. I don't know about you, but I will never root for the Broncos, no matter who is their quarterback. No, so the end. Not. I think the only time I rooted for them was the Tebow overtime game because I hate the Steelers much more. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. That was a classic. That was a good game. All right. Well, should we move on? That's about all the all the politician stuff I'll throw at you. We get it out of the way fast. But uh, So I am about a week into trying out copper as a supplement. Oh, the, the supplement game. All right, here we go. Yeah. So th- let's play some of these clips. So this... Extreme Health Radio, and this was a uh, listener email as well. Oh, I should have had it pulled up. I apologize. I, I don't well, have it pulled we up. We got I'll one that later, was... But. Did we read it last week? I think we read it last week, where you okay. talked about copper. Yes. Because we got another so, one that was a, that was anonymous, where they talked about something else. But Yes. Yeah. I've got that one. So, okay. uh, anyway, so there is a... There is a new Substack out today if people want to read that, kind of about the... I want to talk about that after Copper. Can we go Copper first? Yeah, definitely. Well, all I was going to say is that the follow-up to that will hopefully be like a discussion of possible solutions for dealing with brain fog and other, you know, 
bioweapon hundred percent yeah yeah sicknesses i, I so. can't i want to talk about that for sure i got i got thoughts so let's uh so this comes from extreme health radio which apparently is it's a pretty big podcast lots of people have heard probably heard of it i had not interesting and uh jason hommel is the guest talking about uh copper so I have 19 chapters in my book devoted to debunking, refuting, and completely making mincemeat of all of the arguments that I've been able to find online mm-hmm. that promote copper toxicity. And the number one argument that I have that refutes all of it is, please show me the study that lists the num- amount of copper that people have taken over what time frame that creates this toxicity. And there n- doesn't exist such a study. Because- hmm. So at first, I pulled a couple of clips because they're, you know, it's like, well, it's a metal. You probably don't want too much of it. And so his argument, which we'll hear a little more in the future clips, um, one thing is, and I, I had heard this, that copper concentrates in the liver. So that's clip two there. Everybody says copper concentrates in the liver. The most uh-huh. copper is in the liver. Liver has the highest concentration of copper, and it's flat out not true. Um, Morley pointed out that half of the copper is in the bone marrow, and I was able to confirm it's about uh, anywhere between half to one third, half to maybe two thirds of the body's copper will be stored in the bone marrow, and the bone marrow is like mm, maybe uh, half the amount uh, or twice the size of the liver. So not only do you have a larger amount in a larger area, it's also more concentrated. Uh-huh. in the bone marrow than it is in the liver. And of course, copper is great for the bones, great for bone strength, detoxing fluoride, building red blood cells, building white blood cells, and that all happens in the bone marrow. Uh, another huge concentration of the body's copper is in the muscles. We have more copper in the muscles than in the liver, but the muscles over a much wider area. Uh-huh. We also have a ton of copper in the brain where it needs to be because copper improves the nerves for 15 different ways. So this one little idea that copper concentrates in the liver that we hear all the time in 90% of the articles on copper is just flat out not true. Uh, I got I to gotta tell you, as someone who's been around uh, physicians and who has been looking at vitamin D3, uh, this whole thing just rings true to the vitamin D3. Every time you talk to a physician about uh, vitamin D3 or vitamin D, oh, well, that's, you know, it's, that's, that's not water soluble, you know, that's fat. So you can, you know, you can overdose on it. It's like the one thing, I've never been to medical school. But I'm 100% sure it's one of the things that's taught in medical school. Because I've never, ever had a conversation with a doctor where I mentioned vitamin D, where they didn't immediately tell me, Oh, well, you know, you can't overdose from vitamin D. It's almost like somebody put out a big blanket story, taught it to every single doctor in the world, even though there's been almost no cases of it ever happening, ever, anywhere. And I've been taking enough. I've been taking enough. I should, I should, I should have vitamin D toxicity now. I go out in the sun and I take 10,000 IUs. Oh my gosh. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. It's off topic, but I think it's the same thing, right? It's it's the same kind of conspiracy. Yeah, and there's uh, these next couple. Um, actually, this next clip, the third clip, talks about is there a conspiracy to, to 
keep us copper depleted? Yes. Next question. If it's he- if it's healthy, yes. Is there a conspiracy <laughs> to keep us from vitamin D three? Yes. Is there a conspiracy to keep us from like eating fat? Yes. How about eating beef? Yes. How about eating fat? Yes. Oh, sorry. Measure from some of the top iron experts that Morley has talked about is that. Um, we have about one milligram per day of life on the earth is what we sequester and store away. So as a 52-year-old man, my body iron stores could very well be 19,000 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And the average person only has 72 to maybe 150 to 200 milligrams of copper in the body. That's an, uh, such a it, s- much smaller amount. And I have theorized But it shouldn't be that way, right? I have, yeah, I have theorized that we could hold up to 2,000 milligrams of copper in the body, just like we, we hold about 2,300 milligrams of zinc in the average body. Uh, and in fact, there is evidence of that. Uh, people with Wilson's disease have been able to chelate by taking a chemical copper chelator called penicillamine. Uh-huh. Uh, up to 2,000 milligrams of copper will, will flush out of the body in one day, which is very interesting for several reasons because clearly they're not, they're not getting all of it. But it, that's an indication that we can store that much copper in the body if, it, if we're not able to excrete it. And they're not able to excrete it for uh, because their enzymes aren't working properly. But uh, and I don't want to get into Wilson's too much because so very few people have it. And everybody who's copper deficient thinks they have it, but it's a it's a super rare disease of like one in 200,000 people. And I just don't want to go there. The question was, we have a ton of iron. We have very little copper. Copper deficiency is rampant and it's almost impossible to lower your iron because it bioaccumulates. Mm-hmm. And given those two facts, everybody who's diagnosed with copper or with iron deficiency anemia, because almost all anemia that will say is low iron, is a misdiagnosis mm-hmm. because they have no tests. They have no valid tests for determining how much iron's in the body and there's no valid tests for determining how much copper's in the body. All they have are blood tests and blood tests are inaccurate and only give a tiny little picture. They only show what's circulating. They don't show what's locked away in the tissues. And copper, if we need copper to, to, to get iron mobilizing so that A, we can excrete it, and B, so that we can get it where it needs to go to make red blood cells, really that's all that matters. If mm-hmm. you can take copper and, and make red blood cells, that's the solution to anemia, regardless of how much iron you think you have or don't have based on false assumptions made by doctors who don't know anything about the minerals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just just on a personal level, in terms of I I know you're pretty open minded. What do you think is the reason why we can mega dose, high dose IV vitamin C therapies and ascorbic acid and stuff, uh, but copper is demonized? Do you do do you really think there's a a plan to? Is this like are they smart enough to know what they're doing, or are they just super not intelligent? And they just I have wrestled with this question because it does seem on one hand like they're depleting us of copper. But if they knew they were intending to deplete us of copper, you would think some of those elites would be taking copper. And there's no leaks from anybody anywhere showing that they are intentionally taking copper for themselves right. while denying it for the rest of us. And I, and I also really wrestled with this question in terms of well, what does it mean for us, whether they are intentionally or unintentionally depleting us of copper. And the answer is it means nothing because the, the bottom line is the same. We need to take copper for ourselves, whether they're tricking us or whether they're doesn't matter, doing things. Right? <laughs> it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. I, do, I do believe, however, that there is a systemic plan to poison us, but whether they are smart enough to know that it's depleting the copper uh, and iodine, maybe they, there's indications that maybe it's true. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, <laughs> there's only one indication of that or a couple. And that is like, it all happened in 1945, right at the end of world war two. Yeah. And that is they started demonizing iodine. They started demonizing copper and they started fluoridating the water. 
and iodine and copper are both fluoride detoxers. Ooh, I thought that was interesting. The clip is worth it for the last three seconds. Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, what, what, what was what, happening in 1945, Tim? Well, there was a, a big world war, but it had ended. And luckily, all the Germans died or were put on trial. There wasn't an entire operation to get them out of operation Europe. Operation Paperclip, yeah. Oh, there was Operation Paperclip. That's oh, right, yeah. where they got the Nazis out of Europe. Some of the ones, same ones who were running the concentration camps, which were where experimenting were- with giving people fluoride. Fluoride. Mm-hmm. And then getting them into the U.S. We're, and then giving them control of the rockets. To space. Yeah. Putting them in charge of NASA. Funneling them. money into NASA. And apparently, yeah, it got some, some influence over That's the... That's wild, man. That's wild. Those yeah. three things happened at once. So, uh, And, of course, I believed the... It'd be interesting to, to talk to a physician about the iron test because, you know, I've had blood drawn for iron uh, tests, and, and so has my wife. My wife has been anemic in the past, and I guess it's interesting to think that that's only what's circulating, not what's in the tissue, so how right. is it accurate? Huh. That's... Yeah, I mean, I think you make some good points. I'm not, you know, before, I, you're welcome to send in an email refuting anything he says, I, and I'm not claiming it for gospel. I'm just saying I, I thought it was interesting. Oh, absolutely. I don't yeah. have a easy refutation of it and there's there was that kicker right at the end of that clip and then um talking about uh let's skip ahead to the fifth clip uh copper intake now versus the past we're all just so beset by so many things in the body that are lower in copper Mm. that's why we're also copper deficient and of course we're not getting enough in our diets like we used to also so what are the main blockers in your research? It was less than 100 years ago. I think the average person was getting more like five milligrams. You can look at some of the old studies and they said the average person gets five milligrams, four to five milligrams. Some of the newer studies is two to three milligrams. And the newest studies, the latest studies over the last 30 years, they say, well, the average person gets 0.6 milligrams. Oh, my God. So we're getting literally a tenth of the copper that we used to get. So we're, we're getting a, a tenth... And then um, let's skip ahead to clip eight because that explains why we're getting so much less. I knew it. (laughs) What's interesting, too, because just, I mean, the the complexity of copper that it it runs, like we did a show with Morley, how it runs your entire immune system. And, you know, just it's so complex in what it does. And I feel like with all the research in your 500 plus page book, we still probably don't even really know much about how it actually works. It's such a powerful mineral. And it's just I, I feel like it's it should be the foundation of everyone's health. And yet it's it's never really promoted at all. Right. Well, I think I think human beings are naturally scared of the government. And our government has been telling us it's dangerous, and we get a lot of misinformation from that. And in fact, there's an interesting statistic that the government put out that said 80% of us are copper deficient. And um, yet we have the copper toxicity guys talking about how 80% of us are copper toxic. Well, it can't be both. 
Yeah. It can't be both. Why why is this the same thing? And I've also found that 80% of us are copper, 80% of us are copper dysregulated. Mm. So if you think about it, <laughs> when one person writes, we're all 80% of us are deficient, and I, I want to explore that for just a minute. They're saying that basically 80% of us get less than two-thirds of the 0.9 RDA. In other mm. words, 80% of people are getting 0.6 milligrams of copper. Mm. And they also determined that at 0.58, which is really close to 0.6, at 0.58, 80% of women develop copper deficiency symptoms. So they've run it backwards and forwards, showing that 80% of us are deficient. But if someone takes that statistic and then says 80% of us are copper dysregulated, and then mm-hmm. someone else comes along and only reads the 80% copper dysregulated within with the bias of dysregulated means copper toxicity, they'll say 80% of us are copper toxic. It's crazy. It's like the old telephone game where the message gets distorted the more you yeah. repeat it. Yeah, it's wild. Do you think there's been a – I've read that there's an 80% copper loss in our soil since the early 50s. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Have you looked into that, or is that true? That makes sense. That could explain why we're only getting 0.6 milligrams of it rather than uh, 5 milligrams per person, let's say, 50 to 100 years ago. Part of that could be the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the NPK fertilizers or whatever. That mm-hmm. And it also glyphosate. I looked into glyphosate. Glyphosate is a copper chelator, mm-hmm. which means that glyphosate binds to the copper in such a way that the plants can't use it. So it, the reason why glyphosate might be killing plants is because it might be preventing the plants from getting hold of and using copper. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, the, and they... They did talk a little bit about Stephanie Seneff, and we've talked about her book um, on glyphosate specifically on the, on the podcast. Before. Yeah, I like I like her a lot. Yeah, she it's a really good good book. Uh, Toxic Legacy, I think, is the name of it. But yep. uh, yeah, she and she does she does talk about copper, and it kind of went right past me when I was reading the book. Um, you know, because I didn't didn't realize oh i didn't realize we were copper deficient or never even heard that so while we're while the clip's playing you know i got add i can't concentrate on one thing at a time so i'm listening to him but i also open up amazon and i start searching around okay what's the copper supplements no no highly rated supplements no not a lot of, of popular things but something interesting did pop up Copper fungicide. This has 7,098 ratings, four and a half stars, almost five stars on this one. And what is it? It is a, a fungicide that you give plants. Controls plant diseases, gives liquid copper fungicide, helps control powdery mildew, protection for plants designed to use on vegetables, organic gardening, contains copper, active ingredient in liquid copper is a copper octanate or copper soap. Copper is naturally occurring chemical, which makes it safer, easy to apply. And they start reading the reviews, and these people are having great luck by putting copper on their plants. On their plants. Oh, interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. They got before and after pictures. Wow. There's no... Save my new rose bushes. There's this, you know, picture with some... You know, it's bad for the podcast, but... Picture with some stems with some sticks on it, and there some stems with leaves, and then after using copper, it's like this huge bush. Wow. So his recommendation is just to... Uh, get a bag of copper sulfate. Okay. And you know, get a mix it with distilled water. Okay. And then just drink it. It, it works out to uh, one milligram per drop is kind of what it works out to. 
if you huh. if you follow his recommendation. But it it's super cheap, so it's yes. Uh, you can also ten get pound it. bag for thirty six bucks on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, which would last you forever. You know, it's but uh, oh, no, it's, let's it's teal like the like like copper is when it gets water on it. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Let's let's play uh, copper effects on the skin and the brain. Number four. Copper. Or, uh, Morley mentions that lysyl oxidase, which is a copper-dependent enzyme um, that lassos together um, collagen and elastin to make strong connective tissue. That's copper-dependent. And I think okay. about that anytime people get like skin issues too, like pimples or zits, or they bruise easily. I mean, that's all a copper deficiency, right? It is. Uh, bleeding is copper deficiency. Um, it, gosh, it helps heal the nerves in so many different ways. Uh, it makes like more four more neurotransmitters, acts like a neurotransmitter itself, increases the reuptake of neurotransmitters. Uh, you know, these uh, a lot of these uh, mental pills they give people with fluoride in them, they block the neurotransmitter reuptake, thinking more neurotransmitters in between the cell will help. But if we're blocking the reuptake, you need the reuptake. That's how you get differentials so that the nerves work. Copper makes our nerves work better. People report, even the ancients, better insight, better wisdom, clarity of thinking, less trauma. All these are, are mental conditions. Hmm. So that was interesting and uh, let's do the heart or deficiency in heart disease and just go ahead and play number seven also the deficiency in cancer oh and real quick they keep referring to morley who is like the one of the very few guys who's pushing copper Mm -hmm. and he's he's been on this podcast a lot i listened to some of the interviews but the audio quality was so bad it wasn't really clippable but uh he's he's an interesting guy as well so so the leading top two leading causes of death are cancer and heart disease um and i know in your book you tackle um how copper affects them so for people that haven't looked at your book yet um what how does copper affect those two um, diseases cholesterol is associated with heart disease and copper helps to lower not just lower cholesterol but convert cholesterol into the hormones your body wants uh, cholesterol is a sterile otherwise a steroid mm-hmm. a precursor so the body will convert that with copper in, into DHEA the master hormone which the body then needs more copper to convert into things like testosterone which is super good for the body mm-hmm. and super healing the reason why testosterone and bodybuilders why they like it is not because it makes muscles big but because it's a healing factor. When they break their muscles down in the gym, they can then heal their muscles better with testosterone and do better. I'm not advocating testosterone, but in fact, there's a huge important distinction between natural testosterone or naturally made testosterone, which is made from and with copper, then injecting it. See, most bodybuilders, they die of heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So why isn't testosterone helping them? Well, they've injected the testosterone and they're not getting the copper precursor and they're not getting the clean cleaning out of the uh, cholesterol. And that's just one factor. Some people have theorized the body will have little microbleeds in the blood vessels and that cholesterol is there to uh, plug the holes. Well, copper also stops internal bleeding without creating internal clotting. There's a clotting factor eight that copper actually lowers. So you have less internal clots, but more actual 
clotting factors. With more red blood cells, the the blood also clots better and carries oxygen better. Copper also builds collagen. So the tissues of the heart, the valves, the um, arteries, uh, they need collagen to have a strong function so you don't get blown out blood vessels or or weakened arteries or things like strokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The heart as a tissue is very energy intensive. And so you need copper for the energy. You need it for, again, we said for to convert oxygen into ATP, well, that's always happening the heart. The heart never rests. So it needs energy not just to pump, but to also repair and rebuild itself. So when the heart is um, – so, in fact, there are so many different markers for heart disease. Um, there's a government researcher by the name of um, Cleve, Leslie Cleve. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably the most quoted researcher in my book. And uh, he noted in animals who, that are copper deficient – there are 80 different similar biomarkers to copper-deficient animals and humans with heart disease. 80. Whoa, and you have a l- matching list of 80 things, and I just went over like three or four of them. You'll see that I don't know anything compared to what Cleve knows. Just a, one beat of your heart requires a billion ATP. So if copper helps make ATP, that's obviously going to help with the energy required to do that and uh, keep that integrity going, you know. So and then with regards to cancer, cancer is a bit more controversial. I mean, well, first of all, let me just finish on the, the heart disease uh, issue. And, and the big factor is, why don't we know this? Mm-hmm. How come the government isn't? preaching this on the airwaves all the time because they don't have our health interests at heart at all. This is a government researcher that they should be trumpeting. And in fact, they try to refute Cleve in some of their uh, copper propaganda articles that are like 400 pages. And they give about two lines trying to refute Cleve, who works for the government, by the way. And they say, well, there was one difference. Okay, so he, so of 81 <laughs> biomarkers, there were 80 that were similar, and they're going to note one difference and claim that that's a refutation. I'm sorry, that doesn't refute – that does not refute the 80 similarities. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So the refutation of him is entirely stupid, and that's no reason to not be shouting from the rooftops from all the media everywhere that copper is good for the heart. So if you want something nefarious, proof of nefariousness, I guess that could be it. <laughs> We're all about uh, evidence of nefariousness here. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. I, I immediately went to Amazon and started searching around. And, and say what you want about the Amazon, the company, um, and just shopping on there or whatnot. But it, like it or not, it's the, one of the most popular online stores in the world. So I always look for these like enclaves. Like I found it to be hilarious that right when COVID came out and people were talking about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, there was a bunch of people who were buying the horse paste long before all the fact checks and the right. whole disinfo yep. campaign. There's people buying horse paste, but they were like, my horse healed their cold really easily in two days <laughs> with this. And, and so there's always, because, you know, any, anytime you get this many people together, there's going to be people with have a different view. And so I always like to, to get on here and look for that. So I'm in here, I'm clicking around, I'm looking at my copper sulfate, this, that, and the other. And most people are just talking about how to, you know, put it on plants or to to protect plants or to even kill some sort of weeds that pop up and whatnot. But and I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Where's my, you know, usually you'll you'll you can at least run into somebody who's like, hey, this is awesome. This is how it fixed me or something like that. I don't get any of that. But what I did get is just below the copper sulfate. It says, hey, frequently bought together. Would you like to buy these? <laughs> Number one. 10 pounds of sulfate, uh, copper sulfate, 99.9% crystals, 10, 10 pounds, which by the way is $27. So pretty cheap. Number two item in my, in my, uh, bundle, 
The Copper Revolution, Healing with Minerals <laughs> by Jason Homel. Yeah. And so then the third thing is a 12-pack of two-ounce glass dropper bottles with stainless steel funnels and a long glass dropper bottle with 60-milliliter clear glass tinker. So let me click on this book. The Copper Revolution with Jason Hummel. And you scroll down. He talks about his book, all that stuff. And the number one highest-rated review on this book on Amazon... I've been telling people for close to 40 years that doctors do not know how to heal people. They couldn't define health if their life depended on it. Jason has written a book that defines health. I haven't been to a doctor in 50 years. I believe that my level of health is partially due to my own research, knowing my body, and attempting to not put unnatural things in my body. The amount of knowledge and health benefits of copper that I've learned from this book are, is phenomenal. Thank you, Jason. As someone whose educational background in psychology, I will tell you that many people are easily led by others, may easily disagree with this, uh, immediately disagree with this information in the book. Don't be one of those people, please. Uh, if the advice of doctors and government was so reliable, there would be many, many more truly healthy people and a lot less doctors and hospitals. Have the courage to explore all possible avenues of health, even if you don't ultimately use the advice given. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And his uh, his book's free online too. So Jason Hummel. Yeah. Okay. You, and the uh, I joined his Facebook group, the Copper Revolution. There. Okay. An interesting crew. Awesome, man. This is uh, is this going to be like one of our Revelations Radio News thing? They eat they eat beef. They they walk around barefoot. They well, don't they don't use cell phones. So, <laughs> interestingly enough, they shoot uh, copper. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, beef liver, lots of copper. However, well, I don't I don't want to get into that too. So that in the conversation, they get into vitamin A. Okay. Like he's. And he read a book by someone else that's saying that vitamin A uh, causes a lot of bad stuff, hmm. which is kind of yeah. an interesting theory. Um, we don't want to get into too like too many yeah. different directions. Too, too many different directions. We already got one more, but uh, so anyway, so that's that's out there. Uh, copper deficiency and cancer. Okay. Last one there. The issue with copper is controversial, and they're saying that copper could cause cancer because copper is good at helping to make new blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Now, making new blood vessels is great because obviously, if you're a bodybuilder and you're going to do high pumping 20 rep sets, you're going to want new blood vessels. You see the bodybuilders and their blood vessels are pumped out. That's mostly from the testosterone, not and from the pumping, not. But that's a good thing. We need circulation, right? Improving circulation is a good thing. Mm -hmm. They claim that cancer cells are fed by blood vessels and then therefore copper could cause cancer because copper increases uh, blood vessels. And I counter that with just a simple thought experiment. I said, we never hear about blood cancers and we never hear about cancer in the fingertips. Where there's, there's a ton of blood vessels. We never hear about, uh, you know, cancers of the heart that almost never happens. And a nurse practitioner last week told me, Jason, you're absolutely right. We never hear of cancers caused by blood. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. A cancer can be spread throughout the body by the bloodstream, but 
the bloodstream is not the source of killing you. Your bloodstream is is that the Bible says the, the blood is where the life is, and that's what heals you. Mm-hmm. So almost anything you can do to increase your blood supply is going to be healing, whether mm-hmm. it's you know going into the sauna or uh, mild exercise or walking. Um, that's always healing. So they have a very poor mechanism of action to try to blame copper. Um, and a lot of cancer, independent cancer researchers have shown that cancer is often there to heal us and entrap toxins or cancer is actually a fungal trying to get rid of dead tissue or toxins or whatever. Mm-hmm. And copper, we know, is both antifungal and antitoxin. In fact, there's f- at least five different enzymes that we know of where the copper helps increase those enzymes that detoxify us. And I think one of the most, three of the most powerful are cereloplasmin. Mm-hmm which Morley says is a great detox, trying to take his word for it, and superoxide dismutase, which detoxes uh, all of your uh, chemical and um, plastic and pharmaceutical toxins, superoxide dismutase. Also, you also need zinc for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is metallothionine, which is an interesting one because you need zinc and selenium and sulfur to make metallothionine, which also detoxes mercury. Mm. And in fact, that's the same mechanism that allows zinc to, de- to lower copper is that with more zinc, in fact, if you take too much zinc, your body will make so much metallothionine that you can cause a copper deficiency because that will carry out copper as well. So if you take high copper, you don't have to worry about losing your copper, and and um, but you, you you can detox mercury, lead, and arsenic just with metallothionine. Yeah, and I think Morley mentions that it can bind up copper a thousand times more than zinc does, right? That metallothionine enzyme. Right? I don't think it selectively goes after copper, but yes, uh, if it does it a thousand times more than zinc, and I, I trust Morley on that. But the point is, you need copper to make it. So. Mm-hmm. And that's actually it's actually another argument for why copper is itself is not toxic because copper carries with it its own detoxification mechanism because <laughs> you need copper to make metallothionine, which then detoxes copper. In other words, as the body gets good at detoxing copper, it also detoxes your mercury, your lead, your arsenic and a bunch of other stuff. I thought that was interesting because it. You know, I'm I'm kind of torn on the supplement thing. I think the perfect situation is, you know, if you eat healthy food and live <laughs> somehow, you know, either out in the middle of the woods of Canada or or somewhere where you're you're not getting a lot of RF frequencies and EMFs and glyphosate and the rest of it then you probably don't need a lot of supplements, you know, but for the rest of us where you're getting bombarded with all the heavy metals and the the stuff that's poisoning you, you got to be able to detox it. Otherwise your body just shuts down eventually. My, uh, didn't realize we talked about my poor grandmother twice on this show, but, uh, she has Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and, the more you look at that, the more you look at that as a very possible connect. Oh, of course, modern medicine has no idea. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how it happens. It just happens. Just like cancer. And it just happens. I have no idea. Um, but the more you look at that, the more you like, okay, there is some, just like autism, there are ties into metal toxicity and metal buildup over time. Aluminum, mercury, yep. uh, disrupting neurons in the brain and whatnot. And so you start to think about a person going through their life and never getting the right nutrients to kind of balance out or to properly detoxify 
from the stuff that they do come encountered with, you know, and, you know, it's not like, let's just put it this way. Uh, I think you and I agree. We're being poisoned every, on many, many different levels. That's the whole Batman clip that we always play on here. It's the, the smile X it's in all the different things, but you, if you just lived in nature might encounter some of these things on your own. Uh, nature is not, pure you nature will kill you to eat the wrong world yeah if you eat the uh, if you eat the wrong berries you will die uh but you know so but the the idea that copper or something within your body is actually made to regulate and to detoxify your body of these minerals when you come into contact with them shows me that okay god you know fully knew that you were probably going to come in contact with these even before the elites started poisoning us to death with them and then now we are being poisoned it's like okay what what out there is curable by simple solutions like this what out there and and you know we find ourselves in the position where it's kind of i'll tell you it's kind of invigorating and exciting and it's also extremely scary to realize like our health is in our own hands <laughs> like to not want to yeah. go to the doctor like at all yeah to realize that it comes down to like you got to figure this out on your own it's so much easier just like okay you're sick you go to the doctor yeah well they told me to take this pill and then go to sleep so that's what i'm gonna do yeah. so interesting that you you brought up alzheimer's there um when joe biden said you know, the, there's not going to be room in the hospitals for anyone else because everyone will have Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. That's like, <laughs> you know, he said a lot of crazy things, but uh, that's not one of them because that's actually where we're headed. I mean, the the increase is similar to, um, of course, like you know, I started looking at this around the same time as because she was diagnosed with it around the same time as I started having kids. Um, you start looking at it, it's like, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of smoke there's a lot of smoke in both of these situations and they both lead back to the same thing although you could make the case of my grandmother that you know she was fully vaccinated and but she's 94 so fully vaccinated well, and fully vaccinated at her age would she get like three vaccines <laughs> like so she her buildup of metals or toxicity probably maybe came from something else well i don't if she's been in a situation where they've been pumping her full of flu shots every year for the last, yeah. you know, however many yeah. years, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good that's point. a problem too. But uh, so the other, the same uh, podcast or radio show, whatever you want to call it, Extreme Health Radio, interviewed this guy with a crazy case of Lyme disease, like crazy case, and. Uh, one of the clips has to do with Alzheimer's, so maybe we just skip to that one. Um, Lyme disease and the connection to autism, Alzheimer's, dementia, etc. Clip five there. I mean, I could be a listener to the Extreme Health Radio. I could be a contributor. I tied those two together in my own life. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were just like bridging, you know, looking ahead at the clip list. No, I didn't. I've been thinking about she, it. It's been heavy on my mind for obvious reasons. What's really important is to have people see if they find themselves in this category. Because for me, it was just as soon as I started looking at like the symptom lists. And again, you know, when you come into the, the domain of having a really junked up system with a lot of toxicity, 
and and this is in my mind i'm just the example that got taken down early but this is what's coming for all of us i mean when you start having the the university professors saying there's a, a nearly 100 percent rate of alzheimer's and dementia now i mean that should motivate people to like be proactive you would think yeah, yeah uh, you know when i ask people even in the scientific realms about the cancer statistics they don't know that it's 50%. I mean, we're we're right about 50% of people are getting cancer, and that's not including, that's national cancer statistics, not including any skin cancers. <laughs> so, really? I mean, we're not living in, I mean, it was a, it was like one in a thousand a hundred years ago is um, uh, the guys from Truth About Cancer. I can't think of his name oh, right now. Oh, Ty Bollinger, he, yeah. Ty Bollinger who talks about that. It's like one in a thousand, you know, a hundred years ago, and now it's 50% or less. And I think those numbers are soft. And then when you see autisms, you've got, you've got that number in crazy. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't know where it is exactly right now. The last I heard from Zach Bush was that it had dropped from like one in 46 children born with autism to like one in 38. Mm-hmm. This in 2018, it dropped that much. So you've got the kids coming in with all that toxicity and that's jamming that up there. And then you've got the adults, you know, having these neurological declines. And it's a guarantee, pretty much. So you get this little sweet spot in the middle that I didn't even get. <laughs> Oof. So this guy, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he didn't just have Lyme disease. He, he goes through at the beginning of the interview all the stuff that he was diagnosed with and tested positive for, um, and I don't I don't have all that clipped. But there's this thing called cryptopyroluria or KPU, and he talks about that quite a bit. And he he you know after this long journey of getting this treatment, that treatment, getting better, getting worse again, uh, he thinks that this is a a big factor. And he kind of explains why in these first couple of clips. So, cryptopyloria. Idea of cryptopyloria, which I really want to get into today. Um, Cryptopyloria is is something that pretty much everybody's dealing with a variation of it. Um, I don't mean just Lyme people. I mean everybody. Wow. And, uh, And then when we get into where it really kicks in is with the Lyme people, with the autism, with the with the adult autisms like the Parkinson's and such like that. But it's just a key thing that I, I overlooked and it's so huge and it's so easy to fix. Let's go ahead and play clip two, um, KPU and other factors there. But now we know that it's, it's got more to do probably with my childhood home got even more to do with some inheritance because kpu all this stuff that we're going to talk about today this stuff is inherited like you can actually just have this you know this can come down to you with with because mom or dad already had some issues it can be trauma can set it off and certainly any of the bugs are are trying to make you a comfortable host and that's the main mechanism of kpu right right um so i grew up in this house that set that mold foundation then we had these you know we lived next to the, the woods and probably had regular exposures to other things some weakened genetics and then you get this meat pie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in 2013 a, a spider bites and it's like just tips the whole thing over right and um 
So you would say most of my life I was relatively unsymptomatic, never been to a doctor, um, except that I had weird little things, which I can now trace back to that, you know, at childhood asthma. These are parasitic issues. These are KPU issues. These are copper and, and zinc deficiencies that are used to carry those those oxygen molecules everywhere. So, hmm. so and he, he talks a little more about... Um, the zinc and, and copper depletion, but uh, this was kind of an interesting segment. He talks about the KPU heme cycle and eight enzymes that kind of like your body needs to deal with with invaders. And the idea is that this stuff gets in there and shuts them off. So that's kind of the short version. He explains it a little better. Let's talk a little bit about the KPU and what it is, where it comes from, how it, it coincides with Lyme disease, and what the symptoms are of people that have it. So I'm curious if you can dive in on that a little bit. Because once again, once I understood KPU, I realized how many things in my life were actually giving me clues along the way as to what was going on that I didn't realize at all. So if you go just all the way down to the bottom of that sheet... And we see, so that's cryptopyloria. So again, this is just me being, you know, these are my kind of cocktail napkin notes that I take for myself. And I've, I've got, you know, books and volumes worth of, of typed <laughs> notes as well. But this is so I can picture it because I think, I think for me, it's very helpful to see it like. So KPU or HPU, cryptopyloria. So essentially it came from the 1950s. You can read all about it in Scott's, Scott and uh, Klinghart's beautiful article on his uh, betterhealthguy.com site. And I'm sure you'll have a link and all that. So there's this one, yeah. But yeah. essentially what it is, is somewhere along the line, um, the number one theory about this is that basically parasites and microbes, in order to make you a more comfortable host, in order to, to, to move into our body and make us a host that's not gonna that's not gonna be very good at getting rid of them. It's gonna you know they want to make an, an an apartment that's very comfortable inside your body, and they want to do it in as few steps as possible. So this is this is now this is Klinghart's theory, and I absolutely see how this makes sense. So if you understand this piece, you'll start to get the whole picture of it. So basically what happens is when these creatures move in, they say, what can we do so that you're a comfortable host in one move? And what they do is they mess with what's called the heme cycle. Okay. H-E-M-E, -E, the heme cycle, as in hemoglobin. But way more than that. It's way more important than just your blood. But essentially what they do, there's eight enzymes that... And exactly, on that sheet there, you can see, and I've just got the dot and the line there. I don't have the name of the enzymes on this particular sheet. Okay. But under the heme cycle, those little dot lines represent the eight enzymes that get shut down one by one for the bugs to make you a comfortable host. And when they shut those down, what happens is basically you pee out, and that's why we have the neon pee there off to the right. Yeah. <laughs> you pee out all of your critical minerals like all of your zinc all of your b6 your p5p your biotin your magnesium your omegas like i mean it could be on and on it could be you know everything from taurine and molybdenum to chromium i mean it's everything you pee out all that stuff okay so that's one thing well then what happens so when these little bugs start shutting down you could say too the severity of the case so 
if you're if you have Lyme, so here's the corollary with Lyme, by the way, just to okay. give you a couple of facts. I should have brought all of my statistics here, but um, it's an eighty percent correlation with Lyme. Interesting. Okay. If you are if you think you've done a good job of peeling off the cre- the creatures and the all the molds or whatever else you might have been exposed to and you still are sluggish and you still don't you know you're not healing well and you're not you know you're chemically sensitive and all these different things mm-hmm. still have the neurological signs and symptoms and the sleep issues and you can't remember your dreams all these things then KPU is is for you to look at. This is critical and that's where I was. So I'm now on the other side of getting rid of 90% of all of these infections, and I still had a lot of the fatigue and a lot of these other things going on. Hmm. And I realized that was the KPU. Now, again, it's it used to be like it was, and it, I'm sure it still is. It's just it's not talked about that way, but it's the number one thing that, that Klinghart would start with. If he sees a, a patient, he used to look and see, let's balance their biology now he says, let's look at the retrovirus, but it's also let's look for KPU. The traditional test is looking in your urine for these things called porphyrins. But again, uh-huh. if you have some kind of electrodermal system, what we've done is we we listed all eight of those enzymes. And you can find that in the literature. I don't have that stuff in front of me. Those are big, long, crazy, fun chemical names. Uh-huh. But those eight enzymes you could test for and you could see. And what we found is that my wife has two enzymes failing. And that might be thinner hair. That might be bad nails. That might be energetic issues. That could be, any, you know what I mean, a few different things. It could be a lot of different things. Interesting. For me, I have all eight enzymes blocked. That's rather remarkable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have all eight blocks still to this day? <laughs> right now, at this very moment, I have all uh, eight blocked. So, Wow. How do you get this test to find out what's blocked? Well, he said that, like, the blood test, the... It looks for porphyrins, and then he explained what that mm-hmm. you know that it's kind of limited what it'll tell you and what it doesn't. But the <laughs> the symptom list he went through earlier, I was like, wait a second, that not being able to remember your dreams is a symptom. I th- I, that's <laughs> the first thing I thought. This, this stuck out to me too. Yeah, because I I don't remember my dreams and it, like everything else on the list too. It's like oh yeah, you got that. Well, no, Andrew, I've had several conversations with people about that uh, and talked to kids about it. Like ki- adults don't remember their dreams. That's kind of how it's been in my family. It's been explained. Oh, when you get older, you won't even remember your dreams. But as a kid, you remember your dreams. Right. Right. My son. Yeah, my son can tell you about his dreams middle of the day. I I might remember it the huh. first part of my day, but then then, then I won't remember. <laughs> yeah. Or if you like wake up kind of right in the middle, then you remember a little more. But sure, know, yeah. But yeah, you, I have no idea any recent dream whatsoever. So hmm. yeah. going back probably to I don't know college. I remember a recurring dream that there was a class I wasn't going to and wasn't going to graduate because of it. I remember that. But that's anxiety yeah. about things yeah. you can't control. I think right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought. So I thought that was interesting, and it it kind of makes sense, and it makes sense why not everyone is impacted the same way with the same supplements, right? Like sure. if your if your body can't absorb anything, it doesn't totally matter um, what you're taking in. Although he does say later when he mentioned like there's an easy fix for this this cryptopyluria deal. Uh, what what he's saying is basically you take enough 
supplementation of the stuff you really need that it it doesn't matter that the enzymes aren't functioning properly your body's still getting them just from your intake of them hmm so it's kind interesting of an, you know. It's interesting. There's always been kind of a silent war on supplements too. Like, oh, none of that's proven. None of that's right. been proven. This doesn't have FDA approval. It's like, well, yeah, I've seen one has FDA approval. It yeah, yeah. It's not so he, you know, he's big on uh, niacin, one of our, oh, our yeah. talking points there. But interestingly, with the niacin, uh, if you take a bunch of niacin and not copper, it'll deplete your copper <laughs> levels. So. <laughs> Great, yeah. Good, great, Andrew. Well, I have you to blame. I've been taking niacin 500 milligrams daily. Are you st- still have? I haven't. I haven't in a while. I was taking it kind of off and on there, but it's also interesting to hear about the pee. You know, because that. So, like, when you joined the military, I, I think honestly, I think this probably came out of uh, just people dying or getting hurt. Uh, but they they basically got a color chart out, and they're like, "All right, this is what your pee looks like when you're not hydrated. This is you know, like it tells you how." M- but like they overdose you on water, and I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but you can almost like overdose on water, and I don't mean like you'll die, but you feel weird, like almost drunk. It's weird, but you just drink a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of water, and they tell you like just keep drinking, keep drinking, keep drinking, just so you can feel what it's like to be like fully hydrated. You're almost like bubbly, and uh, <laughs> but they talk about each level of hydration that you have. It'll show you that this is your pee color. 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 And so basically, I think they teach you that in the beginning of boot camp because they want you to be fully hydrated as you go through training. I mean, don't forget they're shooting us up with all kinds of vaccines and chemicals <laughs> anyway before we go do all our physical training workout. But yeah. I think they're just making sure we're fully hydrated in the process. So anyway. Uh, it's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, different color pee. When's the last time I heard of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this and this, uh, we kind of come full circle here um, with clip four talking about zinc and copper depletion and some research way back in 1958. Then you've got all of these. You, you, when, when I say that you're, you know, when I say that you pee out your zinc, you're not zinc deficient. You're zinc depleted. I mean, this is one of the things they're talking about is uh, Klinghardt had a, a, something where he talked about they did bone biopsies of the jaw, which is supposed to have more zinc than the rest of the body. Okay. And they couldn't find a single zinc molecule. Really? And that's all of your, I mean, so zinc and copper have that fun balance, as you know, in the body. Right. And right. these things are required for everything. So if you have asthma, that can be just because you don't have any zinc or copper to transport any of the oxygen that you're breathing. My Cold goodness. hands and feet. This is why I did that beautiful 21-day fast last year, and I still have diabetic neuropathy going on. This wow. is why I still am getting over a lot of these things that look like diabetic symptoms, but it's because my blood is oil. It's because we're getting through this. Now, there's probably more to say about that, but basically, just to sum it up, if you have head symptoms, if you have any of these different anxieties and things going on, this is a very good indication because, in fact, how it was discovered, as I had started to talk about, was that in 1958, it was observed. So Abraham Hoffer, H-O-F-F-E-R. Uh-huh. Uh, so this German doctor was studying patients that had schizophrenia because this before the established psychiatric you know, world that we live in now. Right, right. 
they were actually looking for biological reasons why you were losing your, sh- you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they found it. So in 1958, they found that there were all these porphyrins in the in the urine of these schizophrenic patients, and they found that was the commonality. And then that led to oh, the, the eight enzymes are blocked up with those porphyrins by whatever's going on in the body or by trauma. Trauma can can also cause this and genetically it can be passed down so by trauma do you mean like trauma from like a car crash or emotional trauma do you think yeah usually they talk about it as in terms of like childhood traumas like really big childhood traumas and things i see um and then those are where the switches are switched on and then that's what can be genetically passed down and otherwise it's up to whatever invades you to shut those off to so it can live inside you okay Okay. so it can happen in a number of ways so can you – I might need to listen to that clip again. Um, how does childhood trauma play a role? Could we listen to that part over? So it, he's referring back to something he had already talked about. Which was the uh, childhood trauma shutting off the correct enzymes? Is that what he was saying? Yes. he's. He, I think he misspoke in that clip. Okay. Like he said, turned on rather than – Turned off. Switching off. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he talked about it previously in the interview too, where it's you know it's the official story on Lyme is like you got bit by a tick, and then there's bacteria, and mm-hmm. if you take mm-hmm. bi- antibiotics, that's it. That's a you know no worries. And he's saying there's a lot. A lot of different elements going on and one of them can be like your body reacts to trauma the same way uh, it reacts to foreign invaders mm-hmm. like a you know a Lyme disease or or what have you that bacteria or mold or other stuff so it's and then I'm gonna, need, it, I'm gonna need links. I gotta look. I gotta look into this. So, th- so this is a. Kind I've had. Of a, I've had trauma in my life, especially right. the first 25 years, yep. culminating in a pretty serious head trauma event in my early 20s. For, for the long time listeners, they can go back and figure that one out. But uh, yeah. Anyway. So the. And the kind of an. I don't know. I, again. The official story with Lyme disease is it only comes from ticks. Right. The reality is uh, you could transmit it sexually. So oh, husband I didn't know that. And, Yeah. You know, your spouse, if you have Lyme disease, your spouse almost always ends up with Lyme disease. And your kids can get it too. Oh. So the, so this is a, you know, it's a. So hold on, your kids can get it too, like... Born with it. Born with it. Okay, so if you gave it to your wife, then your wife could give it to the children. Yep. Got it. Yep. And this has been observed and tested, but again, it's, you know, well, did they have a bullseye rash? No, then clearly you're making it up, and there, you know, there's, it doesn't exist. Um, And that's improved a little bit. Uh, I kind of mentioned that in the Substack today too, where they're getting ready to roll out the "Everybody Has Lyme Disease." Oh, absolutely, campaign. they are. Yep. Uh, yep. Where for twenty years they've been saying, "Oh, virtually no one has Lyme disease." So, right. But there, you know, there's reasons for that 
change and it'll just <laughs> once Pfizer's vaccine gets approved, they'll be ready. All of a sudden, wow, it's a big, way bigger problem than anyone knew about. You know what's going to happen when Pfizer's vaccine gets approved, right? Get it mandated in schools? No, no. Once it gets approved, they're going to pass a <laughs> bill. Pass a Lyme disease vaccine funding bill. Come on. It's a, you know how many people have Lyme disease? All of a sudden we figured this out. So that's what No Agenda focused on was the, the new boondoggle for mosquito-borne illnesses and some strange ads. But they're talking about Zika. But did you hear in there? They're also talking about Lyme disease. So, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're starting to, you know, <laughs> it's it's coming down the, the train tracks there. It's on the way. But uh, so we, we already played the clip on the connection, autism, Alzheimer's, what have you. So in this, it's kind of tough to pull a bunch of short clips out and have it flow together. Uh, so if it is confusing, I apologize, but. Uh, people should go check out the whole interview. But uh, symptoms of KPU. So, it, you know, do you have to worry about this or not? He goes, he runs through some symptoms here. Some of the symptoms can look similar. So, we, you know, we need to kind of know that. But but here are a couple that are definitely, let me see if I can keep these, the ones that are really standout-ish about KPU, about cryptopyloria. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they really say like nails. If your nails and your your dream recall is poor, I mean that's a really good indication. Uh, pale skin, poor tanning. So there's a lot of a lot of skin issues come along with uh, with actually acute infections of cryptopyloria, and then a lot of neurologic issues come along with with more chronic conditions. So you've got that. Quick question, Andrew. Sorry uh, to stop your clip. So is cryptopyloria a uh, it's it's a it's what's I'm not I can I'm gosh I have it I clearly have it because I can't remember what I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> it it's a what is the word? It's an invader. It's an actual other organism. Yeah, yeah. But what's it's the, not. What's, what's it called? What's it's that? not like a. It's not as specific as like uh, whatever the Borrelia burgdorferi for the only type of Lyme disease they test for type thing. Why can't I so. think of what this, the name of, of it is when it invades something else, the host is look it's invades parasite. A pair. Thank you. So this yeah. cryptopyloria is a parasite. Yeah. I think that's a good way to think of it. And I think, um, I'm not even, it's might even be in the part I clipped, but he is definitely in the parasites are a bigger deal than like modern medicine acts like they are. Sure. Camp. It, so. it, and two things. We'll get right back to your clip. I'll start it over because I interrupted it. But uh, one, anybody who listened to the show, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're trying to learn along with you, and we're talking to right. you, each other, and you guys are listening. So if we're wrong, we're wrong. No big deal. Email us. Let us know how we're wrong. We'll figure it out. We're just trying to figure this stuff out on our own. And many of our listeners are smarter than us, so please let us know what you guys think. Also, uh, me, a lot of stuff, I, a lot of decisions I make are I go with my gut feeling at first and then do research. And a couple things have always stuck out to me. Like, you like to talk about flat earth. I don't necessarily care as much about that. But one thing that's always stuck out to me is the strange moon landing. That always stuck out as like, <laughs> there's something very wrong with that story. I don't know what it is, but that's fake. I don't know if it's this whole way bigger thing, but that's sure fake. 
it's like a gut feeling. It's like somebody who's been through trauma, who's been lied to, who can spot that sort of stuff. When the ivermectin thing blew up last year, and they were like, ivermectin is the worst thing ever. And if you try this on like your friends and family, like mention ivermectin in passing, they'll like laugh. Like, oh yeah, the, this is the stuff they give horses. When that whole thing came out, I had the same kind of feeling like the moon landing. It's like, there's something bigger here. Why did they panic so much about us taking a parasite ridder? Well, an anti-parasitic. An anti-parasitic, excuse me. Yes, an anti-parasitic medication. And I logged that one away in the back of my file cabinet in my head and thought, there's more to that story. There's a reason. The PR campaign was intense. I think it was one of the most PR campaigns of the COVID uh, of the of the COVID uh, era, it, it was in, it was insane. They had a pictures of uh, well, isn't people isn't, here in Oklahoma lining up with coats on while it was hundred degrees outside because they all had ivermectin poisoning or something. Right, yeah, <laughs> lining up with coats on in July in Oklahoma. Yeah, in Oklahoma, now that you live here, how's that how's that working out for you? Yeah. Winter coats. <laughs> Still haven't seen I haven't seen many winter coats since January. How many coats have you seen in like four months? <laughs> yeah, not so much. Anyway, uh, that stuck out to me as uh, strange. So the idea that we may have parasites, and then don't forget, I mean, gosh, we we played uh, your buddy the the snake venom guy. Of uh, yeah. Stu Peters and the doctor that used to come on her show, he, his show. Uh, I can't I'm not misplacing her name, but she would always come on. Look, look, there's some Jane sort Ruby. Jane Ruby, Doctor Jane Ruby. There's some sort of parasites in these vines, in these vials. There's some sort of parasites in this these masks. There's some sort of parasite, and they've been talking about this forever. It's like, oh, I don't know, is this real? Is it not? But anyway, uh, I yeah. say all that to say I haven't put parasites to bed. I, that is definitely a very real possibility. We should all consider. Yep. Some of the symptoms can look. Similar, so we, you know we need to kind of know that. But but here are a couple that are definitely. Let me see if I can keep these the ones that are really standoutish about KPU about cryptopyloria. Mm-hmm. I mean they they really say like nails. If your nails and your your dream recall is poor, I mean that's a really good indication. Uh, pale skin, poor tanning. So there's a lot of a lot of skin issues come along with uh, with actually acute infections of cryptopyloria. And then a lot of neurologic issues come along with with more chronic conditions. So you've got that light and sound intolerance. This is a lot of stuff that I featured on the picture here. Mm-hmm. But you, so if you've got light and sound sensitivity, if you've got poor dream recall, uh, if you've got big like environmental uh, food chemical allergies, things like that, guess what? You probably got <laughs> you probably got a heaping case of cryptopyloria uh, going on. So. But really, it's, you know, again, going back to the original research that Abraham Hoffer did, that was the idea was he was seeing it in the really bad neurological cases where the personality had even split. That was cryptopyloria across the board. Really? So all those people with those, so all those people, Siren, with uh, split personalities, it was 100% with this bacteria? This was, well, it's not the bacteria, it's the condition, it's the shutdown of that enzyme pathway creating that, that oily blood and... And basically shutting, you know, kind of, I think of it like a perspective dimmer on mm-hmm. your whole body. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, 
So you can't detox, you can't think straight, you can't remember a single dream you've had, your hair and nails are bad, my skin was orange. That was a big that was a big clue that I never got. I kept thinking it was other stuff and other doctors thought it was other stuff. But the skin conditions again, all these kind of things, even thinning hair. So people don't know this, but hair loss is a symptom of stuff. Like and when you look at the products for hair loss out there, what do they contain? They contain all of the things that you want to take for cryptopyloria. So once again, I think we've been dealing with we've been dealing with this issue and the research is not new. The research is is 1958. Is 1958 they knew this stuff. And of course, you know, you go to your therapist and they have pills for that stuff, you know, for to get rid of the mind, you know, this kind of stuff. But we never address like this thing that we've known since 1958, which is this this jam up of our enzymes. All right, two things. One, I definitely have always had a sound sensitivity. Always. And oh, interesting. L- and light. And I don't have any hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I don't know. It might tie in. My uh, family doesn't have hair in one side of it, so I don't know. Maybe it's the cryptopyloria passed down. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just genetics. But the light sensitivity and the... Uh, Sound sensitivity is very interesting to me, though. The light yeah, one, I'd... for sure. And I know for a fact my dad had that one because I used to I remember him complaining about the real bright lights in the house or, or whatever. Hmm. So, uh, And then also interesting to think about multiple personality disorder because that is, you know, we in, running in this... Trauma-based mind control. Yeah, running in the trauma-based... Running in the conspiracy Christian realm, you always run into satanic ritual abuse and a lot of that is based off of uh, splitting the personality with extreme trauma. If the science behind that is getting these things to turn on or the enzymes to turn off and allow these bacteria to grow or whatever, just the pylori. The timeline's interesting too, right? 1958. Yeah. So right Basically, so they're doing this research in 1958, and they realize the mechanism, and then the CIA says, oh, we can use that. Yeah. So that's... Weird to think that splitting the personality via extreme trauma, because it keeps coming back to trauma. Yeah. It has an effect on... Ah, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, it is... It is wild. Is there a clip in here that says how to get rid of all the cryptopyloria? I mean, this poor guy's got eight enzymes completely blocked. I mean, there's no cure for this, is there? Is there a way to get well, this he, stuff out of you? Uh, so he, I did clip the uh, the treatment rundown. So go ahead and play the KPU treatment. It's leading right into the next clip. I'm not even looking ahead. <laughs> So let's get into now some of the things that you were talking about with regards to treatment of this, of KPS, and turning and reactivating those enzymes, getting those things back online. What kinds of stuff are you doing now for that? This is now where I kind of take the research that Klinghardt and all these other guys have brought forward and Bob Miller, and I'm looking – so so I, I there's – I'm going to share what they have, and then I'm going to share where, where, where I'm kind of going with this with some of the, the practitioners and medical people that I'm uh, working with. First of all, the fix is actually pretty easy. <laughs> uh, that's and again, good. in that beautiful, the beautiful article, it's really just supplementing what we're deficient in. So it's, it's a matter of supplementing. And again, there's just lists of all this stuff in, inside the article, but essentially it's 
taking breakfasts, having a bunch of minerals go in, like so you have zinc, vitamin B, biotin, and magnesium go in with breakfast. And then with dinner, you add in zinc, vitamin, you know, so some of these same things, and then the omega-6 oils as well. So it's basically really hitting your breakfast and your dinner with supplements. Um, and again, I'm a big fan of working with people that can muscle test you or that can test you for, that are making sure that it, the, the mineral that I test for is, you know, that this is the one that my body needs and not these other types of zinc, for instance. A lot of it is is putting in those minerals, and it takes about two to three months for this huge infusion of minerals to really take over and open up those blocked enzyme pathways again. Like kind of, I think in some ways it also, it really circumvents those pathways. And that's what we're going to see. I'm going to be monitoring it. I'm about, what am I, about two and a half, three weeks into the KPU protocol. So, okay, so we've got about a two to three month window where the KPU protocol of adding back in those zincs and those magnesiums and all those different specific things that are missing before it really starts kind of helping your body and getting the detox going. But you do have a die-off. So when you when you start putting this stuff in, your immune system comes back to life. These are the fundamental ingredients that we don't have for an immune system, right. for hair and fingernails, for brain chemistry, for, you know, for literally essential function in the body is gone. So when you start adding them back in, it can get kind of dramatic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's one of those things, like it's a really good idea to have somebody that's muscle testing so you can properly titrate your dosage up, for instance, and make sure you're sort of safely doing it. Because within mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, you're probably going to hit a nausea, nausea phase as your body, just like I was showing. So it has chosen in the absence of zinc and all these other beautiful things to attach things like aluminum and lead and different toxic substances. So as soon as you start supplementing in, I hope these pictures are helping. They always help me. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you add the zinc in, you knock out those two that like in a, like I drew it as aluminum and lead there. So you knock those out and then it attaches with the correct enzyme. And by the way, now you are detoxing metals. So you kind of can feel a little junky as you're getting this stuff out and as your immune system is sparking back to life and seeing threats that it didn't notice before. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a thing. It's one of those, it's an easy fix, but with a little bit of monitoring, right? Because then down the road, eventually, you're probably going to need copper as soon as zinc starts kind of right. propagating in the body and they kind of kick the copper out. So you need to have a copper balance back in. So- there you go, full circle. Well, it comes back to copper there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. But the it's interesting too, he's talking about the, the nausea phase of, of detoxing and that is very common with um high dosages of copper. It's to feel the nausea. But if you uh the other guy recommended taking milk with it, it's supposed to help. So he just takes it in his coffee, adds some milk in, good to go. To the cop, the copper. Yeah, that's gotcha. the copper. Copper in with. So how how are you doing? What do you got? What's going on with you? So I'm I'm uh, starting fairly slow with the. They recommend like um, five is it milligrams or whatever the uh, amount is, and then so the only other stuff I'm taking is. Uh, they say take a little vitamin C in the afternoon and take a little zinc in the evening along and then try to spread out the copper throughout the day. So, hmm. 
taking it mainly with the coffee in the morning. And I've had like slight nausea, but nothing terrible. So, hmm. so, but how long we've we been doing it? Just about a week, you said. About a week. So, so, I was, I was starting to feel a little better, and then I got what you know this, <laughs> this, uh, pink eye bug is. But yeah, it's so. Wow, wow, it's kind of blowing my mind, man. I think it's going to be. Uh, It'll be interesting, kind of moving forward, to see how we uh, can can track this sort of thing and look after, look, look at trying to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah, not <laughs> you know. I I think he's right on though, and that I think believe is the first clip we played where he's like, you know, I'm a, kind of an outlier case, but this stuff's coming for everybody. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's like that's right. You know, it's unfortunately you you're the fact that your grandmother has Alzheimer's is not a yeah. rare story. You know, it's yeah. going to be more and more common unless we drastically change the direction that that things are going in. And uh, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, giving more and more vaccines, not exactly changing the direction. So. Well, but I mean, there's going to be a, a Lyme disease vaccine coming, so yeah. that'll be good yeah. to keep away the Lyme disease. Which is so the, the one other thing I wanted to throw out there. Uh, he, they asked uh, Zyron, the Lyme disease sufferer, right, and. Like what, uh, if he recommended any books, and he recommended this book, uh, How to Fix Lyme Disease by Dr. J. Davidson. Okay. So I've, I've not read it yet. I just got it in the, in the mail today. So I will, I'll report back. But All it's right. supposed to be a good one. So. Perfect. Well, that was good presentation. Thank you for bringing that. That was a lot of work. So that was see why we didn't get to it last week but I, <laughs> I didn't want to do try to do like squeeze it all into 10 minutes so yeah and well, that makes sense that's that's good stuff uh so i don't know if you know but uh this last week they admitted that the queen was dead <laughs> yeah going back to Last fall, when uh, Adam Curry is the first one I heard say, "Like, oh, she's dead already." But yeah, anyway. unfortunately, I think that is the case. Uh, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I think that is the case. I think that they wanted to keep her alive because, quote unquote, she so supposedly she's alive just long enough to approve the prime minister and <gasps> dies the next day. Dun dun yeah. dun. That's uh, that's not yeah. that's not. Uh, it's not suspect at all. Just a did, just just a. Did you see any of the numerology stuff? Uh, for that. So I was date? wondering why they chose the date. Yeah. No. What, what what we got? Oh, I did not fact check it, so I don't want to go through it. But there was like six hundred sixty-six days since the start of the pandemic, and this number of days since nine eleven, and yeah, I don't know. There was. There was some, there, the numerologists are hard at work. 
it would be nice if this stuff was predictive rather than just like, oh, see, this is what it means after the fact. But yeah, anyway. always one of the the pet peeves is the. I actually saw Nostradamus something or other. Somebody was putting on Twitter like some <laughs> stuff. Nostradamus said the queen would die. Yes, the <laughs> queen would die in 2022, and then someone who we didn't think would be king will come after Charles as king or something. So, I mean, it's like, it's just like, They're like really, Nostradamus said that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently it was just one of those moments where i was listening to it. i was like oh it's it's all pretty interesting i was gonna say though uh who still listens to nostradamus yeah <laughs> hey the, the history channel called they think the world's gonna <laughs> en- the, they think the world's gonna end in 2012 the, it so. might be aliens wants his nostradamus <laughs> it might be aliens wanted to let you know the world may end in 2012 so why don't you come check it out? But uh, anyway, I uh, I have a little presentation. Some that's not necessarily my presentation, but some good clips of some people talking about the Queen dying. All right, and Charles and Charles is in charge now. Make and, me care, Tim. Yeah, I'll make you care. Sit back and enjoy this. It'll be a little while. My clips are not a bunch of small clips. It's just a couple, two, three big clips. Uh, but I know you don't care. Uh, I don't either, but uh, I think I, when you, I care about your clips. Yeah, when I you just get don't care about the queen. No, I hear you, and, but I, I don't care necessarily about the queen either. But when you look at this in a bigger context, and it's going to start off rough. We're going to start with Princess Diana, and we're going to work our way back to uh, Charles in charge. All right. All right. Twenty-five years ago, Princess Diana's car crashed inside the Pont de la Alma tunnel in Paris, France. Her lover, Dottie Fayed, died upon impact along with the driver. And even though Diana survived, it took about 40 minutes to get her from the car to the ambulance. The official story was that they were trying to free her from the car. But several witnesses say that Diana was conscious and unobstructed. Photographs show that the back seat of the car was undamaged, and witnesses were pleading with the police to open the door and help her. Once in the ambulance, it took about 40 minutes for them to choose a hospital, and when they finally set off, the ambulance drove at a snail's pace and made several stops, taking about 40 minutes to drive less than four miles. Doctors were turned away, witnesses were strip-searched, cameras were confiscated, No evidence was gathered, no blood samples were taken, and by 3 a.m., the entire scene was sprayed down with high-pressure water hoses. Mercedes wanted to study the wreckage to see why it failed so badly, but they were denied. But it just, my screen completely froze. That wasn't an internet connection, that was something. Yeah, it showed you as connected, but. Yeah, that was weird. I unplugged my uh, headphones on accident, and when I plugged them in, it just, Everything just took a crap. It's kind of weird. Uh, Okay, this is the right microphone. We are now recording. All right. Uh, Let's just pick it up from post-Greg Reese report. Yeah, well, that was not... We were barely into that Greg Reese report. There was more, but I can figure it out. I think it all played. It was a... No, it didn't. Oh, okay. Just give me just a second here. Uh... Gosh, that's frustrating. Okay. I had all those clips loaded up, all the volume levels set. What a pain in the butt. 
here. Radio police frequencies when who had studied the wreckage to seen by the royal family who had her reproductive organs removed before burying her remains. All 17 cameras along the route of the crash were mysteriously turned off and all radio police frequencies went down. Witnesses were assaulted and threatened and there was no investigation. Not until the inquest 10 years later, which is when most people learned that Diana had penned a note in 1996 saying that someone was going to kill her in a car accident. This note was concealed for six years. At the inquest, experts agreed that Diana would have survived if they had gotten her to a hospital. But the blame was put upon a military-style attack. According to witnesses, a group of motorcycles, along with a white Fiat Uno, worked in concert to crash the car. First, with a blinding flash of light, followed by an explosion from the front tire of the Mercedes. During the inquest, a former MI6 agent described being shown the very same plan in 1992 for a possible MI6 assassination of Slobodan Milosevic and claimed it was MI6 who killed Diana. Because of all this, the inquest ended with the verdict of unlawful killing, blaming her death on the mysterious military hit squad. But the mainstream media spun the entire thing to make it sound like it was the paparazzi that caused her to crash, which is demonstrably false. And while there was no investigation into finding the members of this military hit squad, Three years later, the alleged driver of the white Fiat, who had ties to MI6, reportedly committed suicide after being found shot twice in the back of the head and burned inside of his car. During the inquest, many things were kept from the jury, such as the fact that Diana's seatbelt was found to be defective and evidence of the car being sabotaged. Interestingly, these things would have brought more suspicion towards Dottie's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who, after turning down repeated offers from the French government to provide security, was solely responsible for Diana's security detail, and at the last minute, had them leave their security detail in front of the hotel as a decoy and take a different car, a car that was recently stolen, broken, repaired, and never checked by security. Left with only one security guard, they were also assigned a new driver, Henri Paul, who had no chauffeur permit, was tied to foreign intelligence services, was seen on camera signaling to someone just before setting off, had received over 50,000 francs the day of the crash. And this was all under the watch of Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was deeply connected to the intelligence community. He was business partners with one of Lee Harvey Oswald's handlers and represented the grandfather of Mohammed Atta, but none of that was mentioned during the inquest. Instead, with the help of pop culture agents such as Howard Stern and Piers Morgan, Mohammed Al-Fayed has provided the world with the cover story that Diana was pregnant with Dottie's child and Prince Philip had her killed because he's racist, which seems like a strange cover story. That is, if you don't realize that the entire thing was a satanic ritual. Rituals are meant to be witnessed and the death of Diana is steeped in satanic ritual. The royal family, originally known as the Saxe-Coburg-Gotha bloodline, changed their name to Windsor to sound more British. Their inbred family is traced back to Vlad the Impaler, otherwise known as Dracula, 
And with several proud Nazis in the family, including Prince Philip, the royal family is obsessed with pagan ritual and all things occulted. According to the carefully planned breeding of royal bloodlines, the marriage between Diana and Charles was for the Merovingian ancestry of Lady Diana to be seeded into the royal family. Diana was well aware of this and referred to herself as the Windsor Broodmare. They were married at St. Paul's Cathedral, owned by the royal family and built upon the site of a Roman temple dedicated to the goddess Diana. According to occult beliefs, the goddess Diana was Lucifer's consort, and on August 13, 1313, they produced a magical daughter named Aradia. In Freemasonry, this same trio is known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. This same ritual is shown in the Roman Polanski film Rosemary's Baby, where the innocent virgin is unknowingly recruited by a satanic cult to mate with Lucifer and spawn a child. After the birth of Prince William, Diana became a threat to the family. She had major influence and used it to shine a light on the family's powerful interests, such as the endless war machine. Her life was being threatened, and she told several friends that the family was going to kill her. Less than a month before her death and after a series of affairs, Diana started seeing family friend Dottie Fayed, and on August 31st, the satanic ritual sacrifice date for the goddess Diana, Diana of Wales was driven out of the way past an ancient Egyptian obelisk and into a tunnel named in dedication to the goddess Diana. Inside this tunnel, Diana's Mercedes crashed into the 13th pillar, where she was kept to bleed to death above a known ancient Merovingian underground chamber for the ritual blood sacrifice worship to the goddess Diana. This is the religion of the world's elite. Prince Philip said he would like to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to wipe out humanity. His underling, Maurice Strong, co-founded the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. And Prince Charles, who brags of being related to Dracula, co-founded the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Initiative. These are the leaders of the so-called New World Order. These monsters are the best that they have. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, so he touched on the part I wanted to get to, which was <laughs> long way around to get to the to the to the uh, to the Charles in charge of the WEF. Can, can I just say that was an epic Greg Reese report? I agree, hundred percent. You, you made me care, Tim. Uh, right, right. Let's go right into that. We'll go from there. We'll go right to uh, this is uh, the redacted podcast, which I paid a clip for uh, from last week. Uh, and they are, they, and he goes over what's happened with the WEF and who is the original person to tweet that we need to build back better. Who made the announcement to the world? Let's get into today's top story, and that is the devastating effects of what is happening with the World Economic Forum right now, playing out in real time. We are watching this unfold, and boy, what a prescient day, what a poignant day when we have the death of Queen Elizabeth and the ascension of now King Charles. He's officially king uh, this afternoon. There'll be 10 days of mourning 
in, in, in England. But yes, King Charles, proud member of the World Economic Forum, not only just proud member of the World Economic Forum, he is actually the member of the World Economic Forum who created the Great Reset. Very, very important. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and talk about what's happening in the Netherlands today. But he created the Great Reset. It wasn't Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab, uh, Klaus Schwab. It was the, the Prince of Wales, uh, uh, Charles. And very, very important to talk about. So when the Great Reset was officially launched in 2020, it was not done by Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or anybody else. But in fact, the Prince of Wales, heir of the British throne at the time. Here he was at the Great Reset speech, kicking it off, watch. Case, we have no alternative because otherwise, unless we take the action necessary and we build uh, again in a greener and more sustainable and more inclusive way, then we will end up having more and more pandemics and more and more disasters from ever, ever accelerating global warming and climate change. So this is the one moment as uh, as you've all been saying, when we have to to to, to make uh, as much progress as we can. Now, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that he was the one. In fact, fully uh, making the announcement on his website. Uh, Grover, our dog, can't stand it either. Fully making the announcement on the website of the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. Now, if you go to the website today where this statement lived, the website is now being updated and and removed. So this is now down. Look at that. The website is temporarily suspended following the announcement of the death of the Queen, uh, the, Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II. So the Prince of Wales, Duchess of Cornwall, the announcement for the Great Reset page, you can't get to it at the moment because they're redoing the whole website in order to change it and update it for his 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 lordship. Uh, because he no longer, his royal highness is no longer the Prince of Wales. Right. He is now HRH, the king of everything. King of everything. I, I don't know his official Wow, what title. a day we live in where it's like the king inherits the throne and a website. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want someone to be able to just update my website for me like that, you know? Um, so... You can't find the announcement about the Great Reset on their website. No, but you can find it still. The tweet still exists where he kicked this off. The Prince of Wales, Duchess of Cornwall. The Great Reset Initiative is designed to ensure business and communities build back better. Oh, build back better. He could do build back better. By putting sustainable business practices at the heart of their operations as they begin to recover from the coronavirus pandemic. Watch to find out more. World Economic Forum. The, the launch of the Great Reset. So... I don't think people know this. No. I, I mean, I know some people are aware of this. I see definitely some people saying he's a member of the WEF and a, not just a member, but like, yeah, the member. The member. He's the one that kicks it off. So the current king of England, this is this is his <laughs> baby. Yeah. That clip goes with the stubby little fingers. Yeah, the stubby little fingers. That's right. <laughs> so that clip goes on for 20 or 30 minutes where he goes into depth on what's going on in the Netherlands. And they are pretty much destroying the second largest food exporter in the world. They are destroying that country with these nitrogen things. And how does yes. that work? And how, how the money was set aside? It's a wonderful clip that's from the Redacted Podcast. And they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll we'll bring all the fake food manufacturing there. You can make some fake foods. It's 
it's absolutely insane. They they voted on this thing that was passed like a year ago or earlier this year, and this money was all set aside to help the farmers. And, and all it actually was was money that was set aside waiting for the farmers to go bankrupt, trying to uh, stay up to par with the nitrogen uh, regulations. And once the farmers went bankrupt, then that money was used to buy up all their land. I mean, absolutely criminal stuff. You liked the epic Greg Reese uh, Diana clip. Well, I give you Greg Reese part two, much shorter, but he goes a little bit more into depth on the royal family. So, I, but I want everybody, I threw that redacted one in between these to show you the Diana sacrifice, Charles is waiting in the wings. I think the queen is, is dead for a while, but they're waiting for the right time. Supposedly she confirms the prime minister, dies the next day. And now who do we have in charge? Charles in charge, of course. And what is the plan for the future? Who do we have sitting on the throne? Well, uh, descendant of Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says that today, the royal family is nothing more than a ceremonial figure. Even though they choose the government, have final approval over all legislation, and own half the country. And so while we remember Queen Elizabeth, let us not forget how this incestuous family has used their own children to gain power. Parliamentary lawfare over trading rights between England and Scotland led to the first iteration of the United Kingdom in 1707 and created the legal groundwork for George of Hanover to be crowned King of England and Ireland in 1714. He was 55 years old, married to his first cousin, and didn't speak any English because he was from the German house of Hanover. The English people were not happy about this, and his coronation was met with riots all across the country, followed by years of rebellions. His grandson, King George III, inspired the American Revolution And when his granddaughter Victoria married her first cousin, Prince Albert, the house of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha took sway over the country. Throughout the First World War, the people of England were questioning the loyalty of the German bloodlines who ruled over them, which prompted the royal family to change their name to Windsor in 1917. Nine years later, Queen Elizabeth was born who was initiated into the Druid order in 1946, married Prince Philip of Nazi bloodlines in 1947, and gave birth to Charles in 1948. In 2010, William Coombs, survivor of Canada's infamous residential schools where the mass graves of children were found, claimed to have witnessed Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip visit the Kamloops Residential School in 1964, where they took 10 of the children away with them, never to return. A year later, William Coombs dies in the hospital. In 1988, Prince Philip told the German press that he hopes to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to help with the population problem. And his son, King Charles, likes to joke on television how he is related to Dracula. His Royal Highness Prince Charles, who can trace his ancestry back to Romania's dark and distant past. The genealogy shows that I'm descended from Vlad the Impaler, so I do have a bit of a stake in the country. As it were. These royals are the result of an incestuous breeding program 
wherein children were used as a way to gain power over the masses. So it's no surprise that they are caught up with the likes of Jeffrey Epstein, who made a living using children to leverage power, and Jimmy Savile, who had unfettered access to rape hundreds of children inside NHS hospitals and was a dear friend of King Charles. Along with Klaus Schwab, King Charles is a founder of the Great Reset. He's as green as Greta Thunberg. And last year, he announced the need for a military-style campaign to bring the world to zero emissions. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. So, how do we do it? We know how they'll do it. By cutting off Europe's fuel and forcing the people back into the 1700s. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. There you go. <laughs> Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. <laughs> and we're supposed to be sad when they die. <laughs> I don't care about her dying. I, I care about who's this dude now. And yeah. is are the gloves off? As it were, the short, yeah. stubby little gloves. <laughs> are they off now? Is it? Are we? Is he retaking his birthright as uh, in a neo-feudalist society? I mean, where where are we headed? Because yeah, I mean, it's such an amazing the the oh we're just ceremonial yeah, but then still controlling everything is such an amazing scam. Really amazing is. scam. I mean, the guy becomes the largest landowner in the on the planet overnight. Yeah, the moment his mom dies, supposedly. Allegedly. Yeah, that uh, that No Agenda clip was interesting where the BBC told Boris Johnson to talk about Queen Elizabeth in the past tense. Yeah. You know, and there there is the explanation, well, they're just getting ready, but there's also the possibility that it was kind of an open secret that she was dead already. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think it's likely. Especially just she names the prime minister and oh, then she's gone. Right. It's all too convenient. It's all too convenient. So, I don't know. Here we are. The queen is dead. Uh the the brainwashing with the queen though, uh very real. Uh I know you're an American and so you don't understand this as nor do I. But uh, I was talking to my mom. She's like, "Oh, it's sad. The king, the queen died." And I'm like, "Mom, it this queen does. Who cares?" She's like, <laughs> "She's like, well, no. That I, you know, when I was a kid, it was a. Just, all I, all I, all I can say is, and I don't want to besmirch my mother's good name, but I just, I felt like there was like a, a unfounded emotional response to the to the queen dying. Yeah. It's like, oh, they they had really like beat. You know, she's from Canada, so it's the Commonwealth, and so." queens on the money and all this other stuff so uh but i just i was like it's like stuck out to me i was like oh she said you know, she went on for a little bit and i said you know she wouldn't have cared if you died like <laughs> i don't know why you care she but anyway uh but i, I was a yeah, little, of, i was, I was the, a little taken aback though because i guess it really was a real 
there really is a real thing they try to get you to, to love the love the queen in the in the yeah. uh, in the England and the Commonwealth, the UK. Well, yeah, and how independent is Canada really? Sure, the queen gets veto power over. Well, now the king gets veto power over everything. Yeah. And it's like it's you know this would be kind of a nice time to, to just get rid of the monarchy. You know, there's been talk of that, but uh, interesting, no one actually wants to stick their neck out <laughs> and do that in well, England. So, and it, it it almost feels like you know with MI6 and CIA colluding in in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and all these other places, and certainly on on 9/11, so there's a lot of evidence of that. And here we are, the anniversary of 9/11 just passed. 21 years. Can you believe somebody born on 9-11-2001 is now 21 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, but with all that kind of... It's like it almost feels like the king of England is in charge of the U.S. Uh, well, if, you know, if not directly, indirectly, or through intelligence agencies. Well, and the financial system. Financial system, city of London. It's still the same, you know... Still oh. the same banking scam is is still going strong so. but there's only one photo of prince charles not that you know all these photos that went around this week of these videos where he can't move the little tray of 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 pens in front of him he just looks at someone like move the tray move the tray. like i'm not moving this you move it and he like you know kind of glares at someone until they move <laughs> the thing off the table which you know even as even as a celebrity or whatever you should be able to to, to move a tray yourself much less a supposed king, uh, but anyway, um, I, the, the famous picture for me with uh, Prince Charles is, of course, or now King Charles, Charles in charge, is uh, you know just just Evelyn de Rothschild sticking his finger in his chest. <laughs> you ever seen that photo? Ah, uh, does it ring? A yeah, bell. you should look it up. Look it up. Look Rothschild, uh, Prince. So and then tell me. The body language in that in that photo, who is the employee of who? <laughs> if you can stick your finger in Prince Charles' chest and then kind of look at him like you're going to tell him what's going on, uh, you may just be a Rothschild. So don't forget the banking money, City of London, all the money that's behind them. And, uh, you know, maybe the... Uh, <laughs> you see that photo? Yeah. Yeah. Does that look like uh, a, a, a guy who you know? Remember the guy who's getting his his chest touched there is the same guy who's now glaring at people to get them to move cups for him and trays of pens. What's the power dynamic in that photo? Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you how it's going to be, buddy. I control the money, so you can do what I say. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, not not super excited about Charles in charge here. No, you don't have the like honeymoon period of an election where it's like, oh, maybe this one will be different. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got ten days of mourning, right? It's ten days of mourning. Come on. Yeah. They can't. They uh, canceled Premier League soccer games. Okay. They. Uh, didn't play round two, I think it was, of the golf tournament going okay. on over there. Okay. It's ridiculous. Well, you can't golf. The queen just died, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. 
Let us thank some people for this episode. I, are, go ahead. Yeah. I I don't celebrate when anyone dies, but no, of the seven not. and a half billion people on the on the earth, uh Queen Elizabeth's death is right at the bottom of most sad. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with you on that one. Competition with, like, you know, the Clintons, (laughs) the Rothschilds, Henry Kissinger, that whole crew there. Come on, man. Epstein. Epstein, well... He's not really dead. I mean, yeah, I wonder what it'll (laughs) look like when he actually dies. I wonder if they'll have a... uh... I don't know. Maybe he is dead. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Let's see. I'm just waiting for the Queen Elizabeth is really alive. Fake conspiracy theories to start rolling out. (laughs) She's alive. She has to be in Argentina, though. man. Like a Q version Right, Queen Elizabeth. Q is really the queen. Oh, she's gonna come back with Trump and put all the bad guys in Gitmo. Oh my gosh, you heard it here first. We're gonna start our own Telegram group, guys. It's gonna be the Queen is still alive. Queen is still alive and still running things, and she's good. good guys are in charge. Good guys are in charge, and uh, bad guys are all secretly in Gitmo. Oof. It's gold. That's that's good stuff. That's where that's where you get it. Just got to work Russia in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me see. I'm old enough to remember all the fake uh, conspiracy stories where it was always like a Russian intelligence source or whistleblower, you know, says X Y Z. I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, it's they always had the, you know, whatever the fake story was, but there was always it was it was always given credibility by like we heard this from a Russian intelligence source, <laughs> whistleblower, <laughs> defector, KGB defector. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's get on to thanking some people. Um, I ran across a gym this week. So I've been going to the, there's a gym here in this neighborhood that I'm in. There's like a local gym for the neighborhood that I've been going to, uh, mainly because it's free. Uh, but I ran into another gym, Christ Fit Gym. Have you ever heard of this gym? I have not. So I'm going to read from their website, but I think it, it's a great way to kind of start off before we uh, thank some, some, some people for contributing uh, to the show to keep the show going which we greatly appreciate. This is a value for value model and people see value in the show. They send value to us, but this is a great value for value statement on this uh, website. This gym has no fees. Donations only. Value for value gym. Yep. Christ fit gym is a local 501 C three Christian gym in uh, here in Edmond. And there's, I guess there's one, I think in Louisiana, uh, nonprofit meaning it will cost adults and children nothing to participate in the classes that the gym offers. Christ Fit Gym also holds daily Bible devotionals, prayer groups, Bible studies, and holds an after-school program for teenage boys and girls. I ask that each of you carefully pray about donating to Christ Fit Gym. It's a local ministry that gives all the glory to the Lord. 
and Savior Jesus Christ, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So uh, that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And that's uh, from Billy Weatherall, which is the uh, founder of Christ Fit Gym. But I just thought that's super cool. What a cool ministry. That's It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Just down the road here. But I just you know wanted to mention it here on the show because that is the ultimate value for value. That is like, hey, you get value out of this gym. How much is it worth to you? Send, send it on over and let's take a look. You know, let's, yeah, let's, if, you, if you can afford to help, then help. And if you can't, don't, you don't have to, you can still have access and you don't feel bad about it. So that's cool. Super cool. Yeah. And you don't have like the regular gym situation where you can't ever possibly cancel your membership ever under any <laughs> circumstances ever. Yeah. <laughs> Recently went through that with the gym we were in in Norman. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. They're like, well, we're still going to charge you for so you'll, you'll still be able to use it for the next 60 days because we still have to charge you for this month because it's halfway oh. over in the full next month. It's like, oh, gosh. It's like 45 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember that too, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just constant. So anyway, let's jump into thanking some people for this show because this show is a value for value show. I got different preambles. Should we do the one from the website? Should I do the one from the ChristFit gym? I guess I already did that one. I could do the one that you sent me. Okay, but uh, well, you, I think I it, think what you did was good. It does Let's, say the it does say the firmament, so I don't know if I can read yours. So, anyway, <laughs> it's a value for value model. Uh, if you see value in this, if you see that this podcast, you know, it's probably going to be close to three hours again. So worth a couple bucks, five bucks for you to listen to three hours. Seems like a good trade off. Um, then you can send that money over. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a first time for Revelations Radio News. A promotion. We're going to do our own promotion. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Okay. Next week. Uh, actually, this coming up week. This week. On Sunday. September the 18th. I will turn 42 years old. Oh, my goodness. My daughter turns six before our next show, too. There you go. That'll be... So we're just about exactly on it. The day after, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. After we record it. Ah. Or start recording it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in that range. So, anyway, but the part of the promotion, I was like, well, let's do a promotion. Should we do $42? No, that's too much. $42 is too much money. September the 18th is my birthday. So, to say happy birthday to me... Everybody who wants to, who's getting value from this show, who feels led to donate to the show, can donate $18 to say happy birthday to Tim. Happy birthday to me. And uh, so, yeah, this week, if you guys get a chance, if you feel led, donate $18 to the show, and that'll be the happy birthday Tim donation. So, you know, we're really good at promotions around here. We just passed our uh, 12-year anniversary (laughs) or 11-year anniversary last month without even talking about it. August 3rd, I believe. August 3rd, 2011. That's our 11-year anniversary we just passed then. <laughs> See, we're, we're definitely not occultist numerologists because that was our 11-11 anniversary. Yeah. 11-11 on 22. Come on, man. We got we to gotta get this going. <laughs> anyway, so the promotion this, this week will be to say happy birthday to me. Donate 18 bucks. So, or you can just email me and say happy Eight. birthday. 
18 is one of my favorite numbers there. 18 holes of golf. Oh, 18 holes of golf. I should have thought of that. All right. Well, let's get into the donations, shall we? Are you able to open up the spreadsheet over there? Yep. Yeah, I can read them if you want. All right. Sounds good. So uh, the first donation is very interesting because I have a follow-up. So go ahead. Let's. Uh, but we'll wait till the end. Let's, okay. Let's you always it. tell me to read them and then you always... Okay. I always say, hey, hey, you should read these and then I jump in. Let me tell you about this person. <laughs> they emailed me and... Sure, 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 sure. All right, sorry. Uh, Christine sent us $30 via P.O. Box from Manchester, New Hampshire. Hope things are going well in the free state. Live uh, free Penny. or die. Penny sent us $20 from Mesa, Arizona, in my one of my former stomping grounds there. Thank you, Penny. She's donated before. Uh, Matthew sent us $100 from Parts Unknown, and it looks like it's a first-time donation because we are waiting for book shipping information. Is that right? Well, I emailed him. I'm, I'm going to mess this up. I, I'm totally... Totally gonna mess this up. Uh, let's see. Is he the one who said no? We've already got it. <laughs> it might be. It might okay, be. Okay, so maybe it's quite possible he has donated before. Then correct. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matthew, for that very generous hundred dollar donation. Uh, Caroline, as mentioned previously, sent us five dollars, and that's a regular donation. Thank you very much, Caroline, from. Los Angeles, California. Caroline is the one who likes our preambles. Yes. So I don't know how, how do you start out farmer's daughter and end up in living in Los Angeles, California? But it's, it's the I'm rebellion sure years. Story there. The rebellious yeah. years. <laughs> uh, Danny sent us twenty five dollars from Medford, Oregon. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you, Danny. And uh, Matthew. Sent us two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, uh, from parts unknown, and what's the story there? I do have a on that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. So I forgot. Gosh, I gotta play this. Okay. So uh, good day, <laughs> Tim and Andrew. Like some of your listeners to the show, I too found your entertaining and enlightening podcast from. Mr. Corbett, I've been listening for some time, long enough to know, or to forget how long it's been. I think about two years. I hope you found my donation of $250. Your work is appreciated. Oh, by the way, it's like $360 in Australian dollars. Please also find the two attached files. I designed a logo for the website. I remember you hearing it and that you wanted to improve it. Second is a jingle I made, and I won't be heartbroken if you don't find it appealing. So the logo for the website I was going to put up, but I noticed it had a typo, so I'm going to email back to him. But this is Maddie B. all the way from Adelaide, Australia. So we have a listener at the bottom of the world, and I think that you and Will should reach out to Maddie B. and see... If he can go investigate the ice wall, because as far as I know, he is the closest person to it. <laughs> not are too far. Play, are not, you going to play the jingle? Oh yeah, of course I'm going to play the jingle. But not too far south is the uh, the and, and, and Antarctica right down there. So well, if you, if you go south, it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Follow the compass south, you hit the ice wall eventually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But he's the closest to the ice wall. 
Adelaide, Australia is the very bottom of Australia. Oh, is it? Yes. Well, you know your Australian geography better than I do. I've been there. That's how I know. My my knowledge of Australia comes from listener emails and the Adventures in the on the Outback children's book series. So. <laughs> Anyway, that's why my joke didn't get a laugh, because you didn't know your geography. He's the closest to the ice wall that we know of. All right, let's hear that jingle. Revelations Radio. It's a little loud. It's my bad. I should have, I should have toned it down. No, it sounded, it sounded good to me. Revelations Radio. I dig it. I dig it too. This should be like our intro for the uh, the donation segment. As a matter of fact, I was going to do that and I forgot. <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember next week. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's very cool. But anyway, thank you very much for the uh, for the donation for and then also for donating your time and your talent. So by sending us the the jingle, which I'm sure that's the, hopefully that's your your voice there, that's your stylings. Uh, and then the logo too. We much appreciate that. So thank you very much, Maddie B. And thank you also to Caleb who came in again. He just donated very recently. I think two shows ago uh, it was seventy-seven dollars and seventy cents. Thank you very much from Batavia, Ohio. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. Yep, I think you did. All right, so then I went to the post office box today, and it's kind of funny because, uh, here, I'll actually, I'll start with this one. This is a previous listener to the show, and I believe she has a, an interest in, uh, previous donor of the show has an interest in Lyme disease. If I believe... I believe this is one of the first emailers we got after you brought out your Lyme disease is a bioweapon story, if you can remember all the way back then. But Barbara from uh, Bonita Springs, Florida, sent us $100. I grabbed that in the P.O. box today. So uh, she also clearly knows who she's sending it to because the only note she had wrapped around her check is, I already received Andrew's book. (laughs) (laughs) Because she knows the back office here. not going to... Yes, I, rem- I remember that location, sending the book there. So. Yep, absolutely. Yep, and that is, uh, so thank you very much for that. And then I, I was, I, I had to do a double take because I, I also was in the P.O. box and the first donor, Christine, who was is from Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, is actually, she's credited as the first donor of this show because... You know, shortly after we put the last podcast out, she made her donation. That's not actually true. That was when I received it at the P.O. box. But she actually should have been a producer for the previous show, but I just hadn't been to the P.O. box in a couple days. So when I got to the P.O. box today, I had to do a double take because I got the same looking bank check thing. And I thought, what is this? I actually opened this up right before the show. I had no idea because I thought it was another one of our kind of regular donors. Uh, Christine happens to uh, donate, I believe it's $30 every month, which is, yeah, that's what she has up there as the first donor to this show. I got another donation right here, Andrew, from Christine for $500. Whoa. 
not even on the sheet that was a that literally happened surprise yeah not even happened <laughs> that literally happened a few minutes ago right before i started the show I, I opened it up and it was like wow that is right there so thank you thank you thank you so much christine um we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody who donated to uh, help make this show revelations radio news 289 possible i mean it's it's fun talking to tim and i it is kind of like my therapy you know and to talk about this stuff so i don't have to talk about it constantly to other people but uh it feels like a real value for value podcast today starting to feel like a real value for value podcast so thank you guys and you know there's people out there like danny pulling the, the heavy the heavy weight uh and there's freeloaders out there too but maybe those people can't afford to donate and that's fine that's what the value for value is what whatever apparently danny thinks we're worth 25 dollars an episode which someday he's not going to send 25 dollars and I'm, I'm going to wonder like did we mess up on that episode was it not 25 dollars worth but it's uh it's one i'm just kidding it's wonderful that he does send it and it's just cool to see like everybody gets different value and what that value is to each individual person and and when you say freeloader you mean valued listener (laughs) yes i do valued listener exactly because that you know uh, we appreciate the fact that you you take the time to listen even if you don't donate absolutely yep and uh you know like we've had met people who donated money who donate jingles who donate artwork so and some who donate all three so (laughs) thank you maddie b so anyway uh that's it but we we did get some nice uh emails as well um some in in relation to the podcast some in relation to the substack today i asked for some some input and ideas so i will probably work those into a a future written post rather than talking about them today but just thank you you people know who you are so absolutely so. caleb sent some emails uh let's see gabby was the one today uh, just want to make sure i'm just looking back through the emails real quick yeah just make sure we got to talk about the ones that we wanted to and uh yeah so today was a big day today is a big day we did the podcast and you put out a so i guess that wraps up our our donation segment did you close it out close it out yeah you want to play the jingle again Revelations Radio. so my yeah yeah <laughs> so my my uh strategy here is i'm just going to play that jingle and annoy everyone until somebody sends me another one so we'll just we'll just use only that one all the time until somebody sends us like an in a a different one and we can like work it in in other places but i like this i like this jingle it's good that that closes out the donation segment but uh we got a Substack out today so uh let's talk about it so it is oh and don't forget to donate for revelations radio news episode 290 you can donate 18 dollars for my birthday getting close to to 300 but you never know if we're actually going to make it to 300 so don't wait people (laughs) donate we're planning on making it we're planning on you know we're not planning on stopping but you know life is uncertain yes Yes, Lord willing, we'll make it to 300. 
So on on a related subject, yeah, the the brain fog of the eugenics war is the title of the Substack. I'm not a good titler or subtitler, but uh, I got some some pretty instant feedback. Some people related to it one way or another. Um, so yeah, I think people should check it out if they're interested in the that sort of thing. So come on, Substack. Substack's like. Would you like to subscribe before? It's like, come subscribed. Leave yeah. me alone. I'll have to sign in so that you can tell me this. Uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I, I wanted to talk a bit more about it and kind of what's going on with the brain fog that everybody's having. Because it's something I think about as well. Um, you basically listed out all the possible culprits there. Almost as a, almost jokingly. And then... Uh, well... Yeah, I basically just did a Neva search of, you know, blank causes brain fog, or brain fog is a symptom of blank. And there's a whole lot of stuff that they're saying causes brain fog, which kind of makes me a little suspicious. Among the fast-growing lists of likely brain, uh, excuse me, of likely causes of brain fog are... Long COVID, COVID-19, COVID-19 vaccines, Lyme disease, HIV, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, medications, pregnancy, lack of sleep, too much sleep, poor thyroid function, lack of B12, lack of vitamin D, high blood pressure, lupus, hormonal changes, depression, EMF radiation, 5G, and yes, there's more. Yeah. So it kind of makes me think that they they want us brain fogged. So, and if you... If you're like brain fog, what is that? Well, count yourself lucky, but because uh, it's it's not one of those things. It's like, well, maybe I've had it, maybe I haven't. Like you, you know, like you know the feeling. Absolutely. So, and I think yeah. most of the people out there, if they're honest with themselves, have experienced some level of this. Yeah. You talk in this article about uh, just not being able to read books as easily as you used to. I think that's a noticeable one that everybody's experienced. I think it's the the fondle slab in your hand. It's the it's the it's the phone. Yeah, I- it's the quick social media, the short bursts, the uh, attention deficit disorder kind of overtaking and, and being magnified through uh, digital forms of media. Yep. And it, I, I don't think I did a great job of tying it all together, but there, I believe there are connections. There's oh. connections between the social, you know, what social media is doing to our brains and the, you know... Uh, everything down to parasites and cell towers it's all <laughs> it's all part of an an agenda and it's not an agenda to make us uh healthy sure uh it really hit home for me too if i could talk about it, like on a personal level uh so one of the things that happen and i'm kind of starting to realize this now when the situation in my my previous living situation at a house owned by my father all turned south, turned sour, turned poorly, turned not good for me. I think between, like shortly before that all happened, about just a couple weeks before, through at least a month or two afterwards, and that all happened back in May, I think I stumbled into a depression a bit Mm. i know we were doing the show there and uh but there was just tension at home here and it just it's like a i stumbled into a depression i think 
Um, still praying, still trying to kind of keep in touch with the Lord and, and f- trying to figure it out. Um, but I'd like to say, I think I pulled myself out of it and obviously the Lord helped me out of it. Uh, it wasn't all me, but I did some really simple things. Um, and I've been kind of learning on the, about this from different people, whether it's on Twitter or uh, talking to people in my life or just reading things. But I, I kind of came at it from a very basic level. And that was that I could stop feeling bad about the things that had happened to me or that I perceived as it happened to me by taking action, taking responsibility for everything that happened to me, whether it was my fault or not, just taking responsibility that it did and moving forward. I worked my way through some books. There's the subtle art of not giving an F, which is kind of a, it's actually kind of a, for such a a crappy title, it's a a good (laughs) book. Have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. Yeah, you might crack it someday. It's it, it may be a little lowbrow for you, and not lowbrow, but not highbrow for sure. But it just you just very uh, basic kind of just advice for life, self help book in a lot of ways, but also just kind of a no kind of lack of a better term BS kind of book about how to do stuff. But what I came to to try to get out is pretty simple stuff. It was, and one of them is so much easier, by the way, living in Oklahoma. One of them is going outside. Mm-hmm. Just being outside. I was trying to get at least an hour in the sun every day. That's the plan. An hour in the sun. And luckily, we're in Oklahoma. It's summertime. I could easily do that. So that was item number one. Number two, drinking a ton of water. I just drank a lot of water, make sure I was hydrated, which I've always kind of done. It wasn't really a big change. Uh, but so that's not even number two. That's like an in-between number two. What I really did that changed everything up is I just started exercising every day. I started going lifting weights or, or at minimum going on walks with my family around the neighborhood. So walks every day or lifting weights every day, sun and sun for roughly an hour every day. And then the third thing was, uh, I know that you're a little touchy on this one. So I almost hesitate to bring it up. But I think I think it could help people, and it might even help you. So I am going to bring it up, and that is what they call mindfulness, and that's kind of where I want to get back to your article and talk about what is going on in the world, and what is mindfulness. So I think. Almost everyone is. Ex- I, I, we already had somebody email and say, "Like I've never experienced uh, brain fog," which which is awesome. That doesn't surprise me with our listeners, but I think a lot of people out there are experiencing the brain fog, right? Yeah. So I think this is a problem that most people struggle with, and I think a lot of it is just not taking a minute to stop and just just relax, just be yourself (laughs) and the mindfulness is basically just a technique where you basically just stop and just like concentrate on your breath and just sit and just be alone with your thoughts now the i'm very well aware of the uh, immediate reaction of some people out there like oh no this sounds like new age stuff you can't i am not what i am not saying 
is that we should all clear our minds and channel an ascended master. (laughs) I am not saying that at all. I'm not saying we should clear your minds and try to think about nothing. Because what that does is it develops a, a clean slate, a clear slate. And then, you know, that leaves you open to spiritual attack for, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what I believe. So if you don't believe that, that's fine. But that, that's what I think. So my mindfulness is mindfulness. I'm concentrating on my breathing, just thinking about the, my surroundings. <clears throat> but also think about God. Yeah. Jesus, the Savior, the Lord of, of the world. So I'm not like in danger of some ascended master slash demon like taking me over and taking me through the astral plane or something. Like I know right, right. all my, I know all of my, you know, hippy dippy new age pitfalls, the Reiki and the the meditated, you know, just clear. No, 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 none of that. Just breathing, just concentrating on breathing, sitting still. Now, I've gone over the spiritual part a lot on that. I want to get back to this article and talk about we are absolutely, and what James has been talking about with his media uh, production over the last month or so, we are constantly bombarded. You're saying it's 5G waves, but it's not just, I mean, obviously you're saying it's all these things. You're, right. you're mentioning 5G waves, but it's not just that. It's the propaganda. It's the phone. It's the yep. boom, 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 boom. Turn on the TV. It's the Netflix. It's the this. You screens should, you all should be, the time. Screens are all around you. A black screen. One of the young kids at the skate park pointed out to me. He's like, yeah, man, it's like a black hole, literally. See? When your phone's <laughs> off, it's just a black hole. And then you turn it on. It sucks you in. I was like, this kid's this, this kid's right. Just like knowledge from the stoner kid at the skate park. <laughs> but um, it, there's so much, and it keeps you just just hyped up. I think one of these clips we played today, where they talk about just you're always in this fight or flight mode. You're mm-hmm. always up. You just you know, you're you're you don't take a breath and stop and just you know you're sighing you're just moving from one thing to the next there's never enough time there's never enough and people you know they go from this to that they consume all this media there's no boredom anymore if you're bored you're scrolling you know death scrolling doom scrolling through my you know instagram or twitter or whatever you're never bored you're just sitting there if you're not bored you're not sitting you're not thinking you're not being alone with yourself and really looking around noticing the bird noticing the bugs noticing these things we're just on to the next thing and i don't think that that's an accident right yeah. i think no, that I, that's I absolutely agree with that. absolutely intentional it's and almost so, it's almost like the you know we we're supposed to have a a day of rest yes a hundred percent and just setting a, a timer for five minutes after a workout or before, you know, getting, you know, going out or doing anything. I just set a timer for five minutes. And I just try to sit. I don't touch a phone. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to take care of my kids. I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, think about like what problem am I going to solve? I just try to sit, breathe. And, and if I think about anything other than kind of just trying to relax, I think about God, I think about Jesus, I think about the Savior. And I pray, like oftentimes, I'm gonna, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who's going to try this at home. If you are honest about this and try to actually relax and breathe, you will, like, 
the bridge into praying is almost instantaneous because once you really kind of like you sit there and you think like, okay, this is what's going on in the world. This is what's going on in my life. How does this relate to what's going on around me? How can I help or be helpful to those around me? It becomes for me anyway. Hey Lord, what's going on? Like what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Show me how you want to do this. Show me how you want to do that. And anyway, so in my personal journey, I think I pulled myself out of this depression with this, uh, situation with my dad by uh getting sunlight getting exercise and just practicing some form of just mindfulness like understanding where i am and trying to just be (laughs) yeah while concentrating on jesus i'm not saying clear your mind and let some other spirit in it's all christian based it's all christian related but just we need a better term but yes i I agree with like, what I agree with what you're doing. You don't like mindfulness as a term? Well, it's better than meditation, but I, I, yeah, mindfulness is just under just guiding your mind, not yep. That's what it should be. But mindfulness is basically just guiding your own mind, not letting it go from one social media thing to the next social media thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, to the next thing and just purposely stopping that. And trying to rest your brain. The the Sabbath is a great example, though. That's a great example. It's like a day of rest, which nobody does anymore. No. We're all just ignoring it and just pretending it doesn't exist. But, you know, they've even done studies that said that people who took a full day off of work accomplished more in six days than they do in seven. Yeah, well, yeah, there, there was reasons for it. And there was also the type of work you do matters and and you know the technology is not our friend it really isn't you know it's i was driving back home and there was just this you know perfect sunset oklahoma Mm -hmm. sunset and i i noticed that there were like people had pulled off to the side and were just sitting there watching the sunset you know that's awesome good for them (laughs) You know, maybe they were trying to turn it into a social media post. But <laughs> I got to put this on the gram. <laughs> but I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just like, whoa, check out the sunset. Let's just sit and watch it. So yeah. It's, and that's exactly what I mean. That's what I'm saying is sit and watch the sunsets. Take those minutes to do that stuff. And just yeah. it, it's it's become a point. To, we've gotten to the point, at least with me, with my ADD and whatever. Maybe I'm just I got too much of this. Crypto Lura, <laughs> and I can't, you know, maybe it's like too much of that, and I gotta stop and breathe and get the right amount of oxygen and not let it deprive me of my oxygen. Maybe it all comes down to that. That's interesting. One of the Lyme disease treatments the guy uh, does is like a hyperbaric oxygen chamber deal. What? Well, that's one of the things I notice about the when I do this, when I stop and breathe, is I kind of notice how shallow my breathing is throughout the day. And then yeah. you start to think about that, and it's like, well, that's a panicked state. Like, a <laughs> you just kind of, uh, uh, uh. but to actually stop and do really deep breaths, it relaxes you almost immediately. And it's like, well, what am I so scared about? What am I so wound up about that I'm not doing that naturally? Oh, well, I'm scared about, you know, Joe Biden says that I'm the enemy because I'm unvaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's all artificial. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, yes. 
you, you should have like an emergency maybe once a year. Yes. That, that causes that response and those the adrenaline and everything is there for a reason but it's not supposed to be constant like interchanges of dopamine hits and fight or flight response one hundred percent that's that's exactly right and it just yeah it's constant constant it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way it's just sucking you in and and playing you trying to get you to buy things or be scared of things or feed into the system you know and it's gotten to a point where people don't talk to the people around them. It's all just basic, you know, stuff online. And I don't even think we'll get to it. I, I certainly don't want to play it after this discussion. But uh, I clipped some stuff from uh, Paul Joseph Watson. I clipped out some other stuff to talk about. But, like, he goes over some statistics on the OnlyFans kind of trend that's oh, going on right yeah. now. Saw it's, that. You saw that video? Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. That's terrible. Five, like some crazy, like five billion dollars last year went into OnlyFans. There's more and more uh, women joining. I mean, it's in a world where that's that's the release, right? So you get fed all this fear, all this stuff, right? Through the social media, through the the technology. You don't take a stop minute to stop and breathe, to play with your kids, to go outside, to do some exercise. And then where do you turn to get your relaxation and your freedom? Turn right back to the technology. Oh, oh I like to see I'd like to see a girl naked. Well, I can just look one up. Let's just try it like this. Oh, oh I'll pay you extra money. And, you it's know. Brave new world. It's you know they'll give you all the stimulation you want, but no but totally separating it from what it's you know what those impulses are there for and that's to make babies yeah to start families yeah to have loving wives and relationships and to start families you're not supposed to stay in that that state of you know crazy hormones forever yeah (laughs) you're supposed to you know find a spouse and and start a family like you said so. mature to the point where you're not just like oh i want to i want to go out and find someone to have sex with it's like and, no yeah sure that that drive you hope stays but you also have like a a bigger drive like all right now i gotta protect my progeny and i gotta figure out how to make sure that the people around me are are are, are doing well and then you start looking at the gospel it's like well i gotta be love to love and light in a decaying world what does that look like like there are things that are worth fighting and trying for right they just not i mean this is awesome it, i'm, I'm if, using technology right now to talk to you to talk to all these people and this is a great use of it but it's so easily could just be if you go to just basic senses yeah. you know this is well i, don't, I, I gotta figure out how to load this to the website later i gotta edit it down i gotta do there's like actual work it's not just like oh i want to have a release and i'm just gonna do that this is me putting my best out there trying trying to help be salt and light to the world you know well and and part of the fraud of OnlyFans and the rest of the pornography stuff is that you know it's it definitely targets the young and tries and along with all the propaganda of oh you have to go to college like oh you don't want to have a kid have any kid will wreck your life you're too young to have kids. Oh, you got to get this figured out and that figured out and have their 
have their college savings plan in place before you start a family and then all of a sudden it's like oh well you know <laughs> i mean if i were my current age and state now like i would not be like oh yeah i'll go find a wife now you know it's like they just have to they give you artificial stuff to get you past where you should be starting a family and then and one day you wake up and you're hold on i'll add on to what you're saying i'll, I'll stop, i guess stop right there i'll add on and then now at 30 in in your 30s or into your 40s you haven't been exercising you have been ingesting all of these toxic chemicals and whatnot eating gmos doing all these things and you're in terrible shape taking vaccines doing whatever and you're extremely lethargic so now it's like the worst recipe ever like oh i'm gonna start a family how is this gonna work because you are of a deteriorated health yeah there's i mean what they've done well both men and women you know they've been targeted in different ways women i I think women got it the well men yeah i think men feminism yeah you could succeed at work like don't let kids drag you down and now you know oh and you're 40 and now you've just found out you can't have kids and oops yeah don't submit to your husband that's that's archaic <laughs> go submit to some guy at a different building who will pay you more money yeah. some guy who doesn't actually care about you and that's what we do that's what men do that's what women do we go to work we submit to somebody else to tell us what to do so that we can make some money uh, well I'm going to tell you this I'm going to keep going outside I'm going to keep trying to be present in my life and I'm going to keep exercising so yeah, whatever that looks like. Because man, I, I don't care. I had I had kids late. I don't I don't care. I'm I'm four, about to turn forty two. I have a two year old, so I'm, I got to stay. I got to stay in shape, man. I'm gonna be throwing the <laughs> the softball with my daughter in you know ten fifteen years. So I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna keep keep exercising all I can. I'm gonna keep getting that sunlight. I'm gonna keep trying to be present in my life, and uh, we'll see we'll see where that takes me. But I just wanted to share that story because it. When you, when the Substack email came through this morning, Substack is amazing for that. It's like boom, it's out. This is what it is. Yep. And so I read it immediately, and it really st- struck a nerve with me with the brain fog and whatnot, and just feeling lost. And then the the breathing, the always panicked, and just uh, wanted to share my journey of kind of coming out of that thing. And that situation with my dad, it hasn't been resolved. It's nothing. Nothing's changed there. The only thing that's been resolved is kind of in my head, learning how to deal with it. Right. And trying to take it to God and, and just moving forward in my life to try and do whatever else I can. And I think that that, hopefully that's a good word for somebody out there. But, you know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel depressed. The world is crazy right now. Like, don't beat yeah. yourself up too much. It's a terrible, but like, give yourself a few minutes. Give yourself a few days if you need to, 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 to get it. But that's not a state where you should be constantly dreading right. everything is not where you should be and if you are try those three things try to be present try to uh to do some exercise and try to get outside in the sun and goodness gracious it's so much easier to get out in the sun <laughs> it's oh, not man. in seattle yeah watch watch us <laughs> watch a sunrise watch a yeah. sunset watch the you know the very not so far away sun move 
above the still earth. <laughs> still and stationary. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever whatever you gotta do. Sit, yeah, that's it. If you think it's a globe, then sit outside and, and, and look at the sky and, and ponder it. And if you You're think like, it's man, flat gravity's amazing. I'm moving <laughs> five hundred thousand miles an hour and it feels like I'm sitting still. <laughs> oh gosh. So I don't know that it gets any better than that. The only thing else I have, what I have. Do I have anything like funny? Anything light? Let's check well, we it out. We got some some fun nuggets in the show notes for people. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, we gotta end this. Yeah, the, the Paul I have the Paul Joseph Watson thing. I have the WEF plan for the Netherlands, which is pretty dark. And then the this is another one. I won't play it. I'll throw maybe the clip, at least the link in the show notes, but these detransition stories. Oh, Ugh. it's and this person she it's just a, it's a he it's weird it's a she uh, she is trying to detransition but she currently has facial hair and got a mastectomy back in like 2015 Ugh. and double mastectomy and all hysterectomy all the stuff uh, but she just got done working out was listening to music and she just talks about she's like you know i can deal with my mistakes and all the mistakes i made and trying to fix it but she was just bawling crying about thinking about how many other kids out there are making the same mistake and they're even younger than she was oh yeah and really just ball like really understanding what and how evil it is and she starts screaming at doc about doctors and what everything you know these people aren't going to be happy with the people who enabled them no later in life no, this is not it's literally joseph mangala type stuff like yeah i gotta start wrapping my head around that being just like straight up like you're just yes. cutting the breasts off of a minor like whether yeah. you think it's woke or not that's it's that's exactly what's evil. happening yeah yeah this is <laughs> woke is not an excuse for evil no it's it's yeah, it's it's a crazy road that we've gone down, and you know I think there's an element of like God showing us. Okay, this is mm. if I if I remove some of the grace, the common grace out there, this is where you go. <laughs> this is where you're. Your amazing country that, uh, oh, we're a Christian nation, this and that. This is where you go in like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. I remember the, the arguments 10 years ago on Facebook. Should the gays be allowed to get married? Yeah. Uh, oh, there's no such thing as a slippery slope. It's like, well, you know, there's there are fake slippery slopes of like, we have to fight for years in Vietnam, otherwise communism will take over the world. <laughs> But uh, but there are also actually slippery slopes, and there's more exactly there are steps in a in an agenda, which is what's happening here. It's all part of the you know everything but having uh, normal, healthy families. Yeah, that's the destroy those any means necessary the trans the trans will do that and you get the added benefit of mutilating minors 
the YouTube, the, the, I, I pulled that uh, clip from Redacted Podcast, but they have it was off of a YouTube video. Below that, YouTube did a fact check, and there's a link to the <laughs> wik, link, link to the Wikipedia article about the Great Reset. I remember what he was talking about in that. He was talking about Prince Charles. Yeah. This is the literal Wikipedia article. The Great Reset Initiative is an economic recovery plan drawn up by the World Economic Forum in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The project was launched in June of 2020 in a video featured the Prince of Wales, Charles III, released to mark its mark it in harnessing the innovation of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. In her speeches, opening dialogues, the International Monetary Fund Director Christina listed three aspects of sustainable... Anyway, my point is, I'm glad they fact-checked that this guy was by saying... confirming that what he said was accurate. Is, yeah, by saying that, or, yes. Oh, I guess it, like he's not the official head of the <laughs> WEF. It's just... Like it's, I, mean, I don't know. That's what he was saying. Thanks for adding that fact-check. Yeah, I am so glad that I now know that Prince... Charles launched the were, launched the Great Reset in an announcement in 2020. Hmm. Oh, good to know. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Andrew Hoffman, I have enjoyed this. I don't think we got much more time. We need to uh, get to bed, get kids to school tomorrow. Do you have any words of wisdom for us now that it is officially Wednesday morning? Well, when they write you off, don't write back. There you go. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me check off. <laughs> this might grab my... Hold on a second. Got my 2022 bingo card here. <laughs> Andrew Hoffman, Words of Wisdom from Geno Smith. Plagiarized from Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Yep, that... I had that one on my bingo card, so don't worry. <laughs> We're all good. Uh, I guess I'll uh, talk to you next week. Next week, and happy early birthday, Tim. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Happy early birthday to your daughter as well. Thank you very much. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say There is a war going on for your mind. 
Media mavens mount surgical strikes from Trapper Keeper collages and online magazine racks. Covergirl cutouts throw up pop-up ads infecting victims with silicone shrapnel. Worldwide passenger pigeons deployed paratroopers, now it's raining pornography, lovers take shelter. Post-production debutantes pursue you in NASCAR chariots. They construct ransom letters from biblical passages and bleed mascara into the holy water supplies. There is a war going on for your mind. Industry insiders slaying test tube babies to corporate crackheads. They flash logos and blast ghettos. Their embroidered neckties say, stop snitching. Conscious rappers and whistleblowers get stitches made of acupuncture needles and marionette strings. There is a war going on for your mind. Professional wrestlers and vice presidents want you to believe them. The desert sky is their blue screen. They superimpose explosions. They shout at you. Pay no attention to the men behind the barred curtain, nor the craters beneath the draped flags. Those hoods are there for your protection, and the meteors these days are the size of corpses. There is a war going on for your mind. We are the insurgents.